Cheers, y'all. Sounds like a party already. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as Hi, the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And, Ian, we are on show number 249. That's halfway wow. to 300. Yeah, halfway Man. to 300. It's uh, pretty exciting. I did the math. It works. Yep. Guys, y'all yeah. are almost a quarter of the way to 1,000. I know. That's uh, Well, once we hit 300, we'll just say halfway to 1,000. There you go. And Perfect. that's the way it'll be. For, Roll it up. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the way it'll go. Well, welcome to show number 249. <laughs> I'd like to uh, open the show, if I may. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you that we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web. They are snarky and wonderful, and they're also comfortable and start uh, at around $20. So I'm wearing one check, right now. You, you are, yeah. What does yours say? You can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. And I'm sure there's probably cigar ash on there that <laughs> fell on me earlier. <laughs> Knowing you, I would almost guarantee it. So, uh, But anyway, check them out online, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Yes, thank you. Uh, so I'd like to start by, uh, if, if I may, before we get into meat of the show by uh, just reading a piece of fan mail, if that's okay with you. All right. And it's Dear Smoking and Toasting. This week's show was the best ever. That Adam is super hot. Who needs Ian anyway? Promote Adam and get rid of Ian. And it's signed Brianna Andrus. I don't know who that is. Oh. But, uh, no, no. Seriously, that's Adam's wife. I made that up, but uh, but you were missed last week. But I do want to thank. I missed you guys. I do want to thank uh, Adam for kind of uh, filling in filling in the slot here. Yep, you did a rocking job. He did, and we had uh, Tom Harris on the Wheels of Steel, so we want to thank him. And we want to thank our guest uh, from last week, Thomas Vaux, who's the brewmaster of Calicraft Brewing, uh, Blaine Landberg, who's the founder of Calicraft, and Tony Simmerman, who's the founder and creative director for Knucklebones. They are the guys who, at Calicraft, they actually brew and produce, and at Knucklebones, they market and release the ACDC beers. And they were both very good. Man, it was really interesting to have all three of them on there as well. Yeah. Because you could, you could go from the conception to the production, everything like that. It was really nice. And I mentioned this as well. I loved the brewmaster. He was just like he was just this great, like fun kind of guy, and he was having such fun talking about the beers. And it didn't hit me till after the show. That who he reminded me of. He reminded me of the guy that plays Jerry on The Walking Dead. If anybody watches Walking Dead, you know, he's the big guy with the big beard, and he's just like everybody loves him. Like he reminded me of that guy. I so. wanted to tell him when you were asking uh, what they had, you know, down the pipeline. I wanted to say you guys need to do like a thirteen percent barley wine. Well, I'm... and when they asked why, I would have said. Because it's a touch too much. Oh, see, there you go. There you go. See, there's so many. That's the oh thing yeah, about I ACDC. totally, there's totally so want to go off on that. So many ways you could go, but yeah, that's that's good. Thunderstruck, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's so many ways you could go. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there will be more, uh, according to. Uh, uh, Tony uh, Simmerman from Knucklebones. There will be more ACDC beers coming of other styles and varieties. So the first two were IPAs, but they'll they'll be going. Uh, and and I got the impression. I, I don't think he wanted to make too big a point of it because the Calicraft guys were on with us. But I got the impression he may be taking the concept to several different breweries. Uh, These two with Calicraft mm. and maybe taking. I don't know that for a fact, but I I just got that impression because of some of the things that he said but uh you can start watching for those they, their distribution is going to be wide so you can start watching for those in about a week at your favorite place to buy beer so so it's it, it should be very cool well we have uh, great guests on the show today because our guests today aren't they aren't just 
ladies. They aren't just <laughs> people from the spirits and beverage industry. They are the ladies of libation. That's who they the are. Ladies Chris of and Lori yes. from the Ladies of Libation. Welcome to the show. Thank now, you. Now, Chris, you've thank been you, on the show you. before. And the last time we had you on, you were with Deep Eddie Vodka. Yes. And yes. so it's been a while. It's been a couple of years, hasn't it? It has. Okay. So since then, you've left the Deep Eddie guys, and you and Lori started this venture on your own. What exactly is Ladies <laughs> of Libation? What, what do you do? We do uh, consulting, so we help people open bars from concept to opening. We write mm -hmm. cocktail menus for them all over town. We work with brands to promote and learn how to use their product, and we do events here and there. Okay, so mm -hmm. if I'm a, a spirit brand and I'm trying to make a splash in the market, I can come to you and you would offer help with promotion? Can you offer help at getting brands into uh, certain places to be poured? Is that part of what you do as well? 100%. Okay. Our brand partnerships are very important to us because we kind of get to spread the love of all our favorite brands and all our favorite cocktails to our clients mm -hmm. and share that with Houston and surrounding area, which is nice. All right. So you are currently involved with Old Forester, and we're going to be talking yes. about that today. But I also have I, I have a lot of questions for you about how the bar industry is doing post-COVID. No. Post <laughs> she just gave it all away. Show's over. Sorry, well, all right. well, thank you. It's been a great show. It's even shorter. It's even shorter than last week's show. Uh, thank you and uh, cheers, y'all. Uh, no, uh, but, but I want to talk about that a little bit. And, you know, we've been using the phrase post-COVID. And I don't know if we can even really use that I, anymore. No, I wouldn't this use is, that. This is, it's, it's still affecting us in a lot of ways. So. Um, uh, so we'll we'll get to all of that, and I'm excited to ask you guys about uh, some of the different things that you do, and then and then I'm told this bottle of Old Forester is very special. So we'll be uh, we'll be talking. <laughs> it sure is pretty. Thank <laughs> It sure is pretty. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that as we go. We also will. Uh, we didn't do drinking news, Ian, last week. I just I just didn't feel it was. The same to do it without <laughs> it you. It just wasn't the yeah, same. It just wasn't the same. So I have to teach Adam to play the ukulele. <laughs> yeah, if Adam if Adam learns the ukulele, you probably should start worrying about job security. <laughs> but uh, uh, but no, I'm I'm kidding, of course. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't it just didn't feel like drinking news belonged if you weren't here. So we do have a drinking news story for today. Our teaser headline uh, is a very simple one. It's the picture tells the story. <laughs> And we'll get to that uh, coming up. Plus, a look at new cigars to watch for, the most underrated tequilas, and we'll do a little bit of um, we'll do a little bit of beer tasting too from Oliphant Brewing. Their for it. Chargoth Smoked Vienna Lager. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know what to say about that. I, I don't on. either. Yeah, that, that is a lot going on. I mean, uh, if you start from the beginning of that sentence, that's a lot of syllables yeah. put well, together. Well, Oliphant Brewing, first of all, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what an Oliphant is. I think it's a. I think it's actually named after a, a town or an area of the country. But my brain immediately goes to like a video game, where the 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 bad creature that you were trying to shoot was a. Ola font or something similar to that. I don't know. It was one of those. Uh, it was one of those uh, Japanese video games that was adapted to uh, American English. So the uh, the the dialogue was hilarious. Base our it, was, to yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. it was really an elephant. I think it's also what the Hobbit's called an elephant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think it's what it's supposed to be. So you got that. You got Chargoth, which is the name of the beer, and then the description as a smoked Vienna lager. Nothing epic about that. You know, they're from Somerset. 
at Wisconsin, and I can tell you during the winter they have nothing to do. So they come up with interesting beers and uh, and interesting things to call them. Uh, from Bell's Brewery, Comstock, Michigan, a new juicy IPA called Juicy Gossip. Oh. Good it's name. Interesting to taste. Have yeah. you tried their double IPA? <laughs> oh, it's double two hearted IPA. Double two heart. Yeah, oh, it's wonderful. Double. What is it called? Two hearts. I think it's what it's called. It's, uh, it's their double, double two hearted. Double two hearted. Okay. Uh, and then, Ian, I think you're going to be excited about this one from Fifty Fifty Brewing Company in Truckee, California, which has to be the single worst city name of any California city. Truckee, California. Uh, but 5050 Brewing, very well respected brewery from there, will be trying their BART, B A R T. It is a blend of Imperial Stout and Barley Wine. Oh, wow. So this sounds like it's, that. This sounds like it's uh, something you'd be in favor of. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, plus, as I said, new cigars to watch for. And uh, just to give you a little tease for next week's show. On next week's show, we're going to be uh, delving into how to make the perfect whiskey smash. It'll be on next week's show. Oh. So what we'll do is you and I will bring the ingredients in, and we'll each try making one <laughs> here on the show, and then we'll let Adam judge whose whiskey smash is the best. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so that'll be fun uh, for next week. But we got a lot to do and a lot to talk about this week, including, and I just, you know what? My, my week wasn't complete last week without hearing uh, uh, you talk about uh, a cigar, Ian. So why don't you bring us up to speed on something you uh, found interesting this week? You want to hear about cigars? I got one for you. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. So I walked into Casa this morning. I got there actually a little early, so, um, just because my morning was a little lazier than usual. It's and good. I was up a little earlier. It's good to have reason. that. Yeah. And that was okay. So I wasn't uh, rushed for time or anything. I picked up a uh, Crown Heads Los Calaveras. Uh, Calaveras, sorry. Calaveras. i got to put the uh, syllables in the right order. <laughs> Calaveras, limited edition 2021. So they do a limited edition of these every year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like 1,500 boxes of them that uh, get spread out. And then they have uh, a certain amount of uh, 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 variety boxes that have like one of each size in it uh, that's pretty neat uh the uh this is a six by 48 uh that i that i picked up the wrappers the ecuadorian sumatra wrapper with the uh, binder and filler being nicaraguan seems like we're seeing a lot of that ecuadorian sumatra um mm-hmm. as a wrapper with nicaraguan uh filler and binder in it so it seems like a trend it might be mm-hmm. it's hard to tell what else have we had recently? I did have uh, something else recently with that. I'm trying to remember what and, it is. And I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the appearance on this milk chocolate brown, uh, the Las Calaveras label, and the Crown Heads footer on it, uh, smooth and oily with some veins, mostly firm with some soft spots on it. The pre-light sniff on this was traditional uh, tobacco, some barnyard, and some sweet rich cacao on there as well. I had to look up the difference between cocoa and cacao. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Technically, there's not really much difference, but most companies refer to the unfermented cocoa as cacao and then the fermented uh, uh, as cocoa. So I thought cacao might just be uh, like a different way to say it. Cocoa thing. from China or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Macau, right? So yeah. I did look it up. So there's your t- the more you know. I need yeah. a little thing. Ding, right? ding. Um, do I have a little thing on there? The more you know. That, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember that for next time. So the uh, pre-light draw on this, I used a clip. It was an effortless draw on this. Um, there was a slight chemical kind of That's thing going on to it. Kind of um, uh, 
kind of weird. Almost like this a, is after you lit or before? No, this is pre-light draw. Okay. A slight chemical kind of thing going on that wasn't very, wasn't super pleasant. It wasn't a total turnoff, but it wasn't exactly good either. The um, tobacco left a little bitter tingle on the lips. It had a little bit of sweet uh, cacao and some earth things going on, but the chemical thing was what I got mostly. It was weird. Mm. Uh, the initial light on this, uh, I got a pepper blast with a slight chemical flavor. Uh oh. That's yeah. not. This isn't shaping up well. <laughs> do you have that noise? Both. We do, actually. <laughs> Hold on. There you go. You guys feel free, by the yeah. way. Just explore. And, and you'll remember explore this, Chris, from your, from your last appearance here on Smoking and Toasting. But on this show, when it comes to sound effects, we spare every expense. Every expense. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's just the way so, we go. Uh, so both of those flavors, uh, both the pepper and the chemical flavor, kind of settled down. Uh, pretty quickly leaving some spicy earth and wood uh, in their wake, which was nice because that's much more pleasant than that chemical yeah, no kidding. thing that was going on. And I was a little leery about it because I thought it might be creeping back into the cigar later. You know how sometimes uh, it, even when, when a flavor profile goes away that you It, does, it can it come, come back, back. Yeah, absolutely. The first third of this, once the pepper settled into a uh, background, the woody notes take over with tons of cedar, and I kind of got like a pecan Sweet chocolatey flavors playing with earth and uh, fresh cut grass. The retrohale was all wood. Um, very cedary and oaky on the retrohale. The flaky ash, perfect burn. Okay. It burned like a laser. The uh, second third of this, cedar and oak are the backbone of the palate with uh, pepper as a constant companion. Solid medium strength on this. Um, uh, I lost my place there. Solid medium strength overall. Delicious uh, woody retrohale and aftertaste. Uh, the ash fell on my shirt. Perfect I think burn. I can see it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, wood notes on the last third of this still very prominent. Got a little bitter coffee coming in and uh, dancing around with the earthy and spicy notes. Uh, retrohale is more oaky and aftertaste has a slight tangy flavor. Flaky ash. Perfect burn. Nice. So uh, this is an $11 cigar I picked up. That's a pricey cigar. That is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a good cigar. But I gave it a four and a half because I don't, I don't want to smell chemicals on an $11 yeah, cigar. Even if it goes away, mm -hmm. you know, once it kind of gets going, that it's enough of a turnoff at the beginning, yeah. I think. And it made uh, me a little paranoid through smoking and thinking right. I was going to come oh, no, back. It's you know, back. Like, yeah. like it's just yeah. one of those things. It's like, it's like, you know, when you get a bug on you, then you like get paranoid. Yeah. And you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a little bit of that. But overall, it was a pleasant cigar. $11 worth. I'd have been happier at 8 yeah, you know, yeah, um, it was it was pretty good, and I love a lot of the Crown Head cigars. Yeah, they so. make good cigars, yeah. and and hopefully and it burned like a laser the entire way. Well, through. hopefully that was one of those things, and this happens every once in a while. I was uh, smoking one of my favorite, like AJ Fernandez cigars, an Encore the other day, and uh, it was uh, I'm sorry, an Enclave, and it was uh, it just didn't burn well, like the draw was tight, and I thought. One of the things I always love about this particular cigar is how easy the draw Never is. Never have that issue. Yeah, right. right. But it happens sometimes, you know. Just, and and so hopefully that's kind of a one-off. The chemical. Yeah, I asked one of the guys up there. He was smoking one. I said, "Did you did you get a, a little bit of a chemical flavor on?" He said, "No, I didn't really notice that." I said, "Okay, yeah, okay. maybe well, maybe it was the one I got." Yeah, could be. Maybe it accidentally fell into sometimes. a formaldehyde on the floor. I don't know. <laughs> that's the worst thing to ever say. No, I mean, it's just people pay extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in certain countries. My head's in a weird place. Yeah, yeah, but. that's all right. That makes it a perfect day for the show. Um, <laughs> right. uh, well, I had something interesting. I smoked the Flor de las Antillas of Bellicoso. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Flor de las Antillas. Antillas. 
or or Flor de las Antillas, as we say here in uh, that's a uh, Spanish for Flor of the Antillas. Flor of the Antillas, yeah, yeah. actually means flower of the Antillas, and you just stole my uh, third line. Here. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. What was what was the, the oh it was the story about the truck full of Jack Daniels bottles, and I was doing the teaser on it, and you like totally zinged the punchline, like uh, and so yeah. Sorry, yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. It happens. It's what happens when you don't like. We don't rehearse the show, no. right? So you don't know what's coming. Uh, well, the Flor de las Antillas uh, Bellicoso is a really nice looking cigar with a tapered head and a purple cloth band around the foot. Uh, Flor de las Antillas is a my father brand mm-hmm. uh, crafted by Jose Pepin Garcia and his son Jaime. Uh, and and here is where I would have said from Spanish it translates to Flor of the Antillas, but. That's okay. Sorry, I did that too. It's already been said. I'll keep my jokes to myself from now on. <laughs> no, don't, please. Uh, the cigar is blended with all Nicaraguan tobacco, so it's a Nicaraguan Puro. Uh, the wrapper is sun grown with a light brown color marked by a little bit of a reddish uh, tint. Very pleasant notes on the pre light. Molasses and baking spices were the predominant ones that I got. I used my cigar scissors to uh, snip off the head and uh, then spent just another moment on the pre light draw. A little pepper noticeable with the baking spices, and then I lit it up. To my complete surprise, there was no big Nicaraguan pepper blast. And Nicaraguan Pepper Blast is the name of your album by what band again? By my new metal band called Leprechaun Fancy Pants. <laughs> I, love I love it. That's going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit. Uh, anyway, there was no big uh, pepper blast. There was, you know, pepper on the palate, but it was more like a white pepper that blended in very smoothly from the beginning with leather and mocha. And there was a real creaminess to the Flor de las Antillas uh, in the first third. And even though it rang in at medium to full from the very beginning, uh, this creamy smoothness kept it from ever ever getting too harsh or too Mm -hmm. big. So it was very nice. Uh, Construction looked good from the very beginning. Very even burn and easy draw with lots of smoke. By the time I hit the second third, there was a subtle flavor that was... Somewhere between brown sugar and molasses, I don't. I, I kept kind of vacillating as to which one I, that I thought that uh, it was. It was weaving its way into the mix. I still got baking spices, a bit of leather as well. Still very creamy and easy to smoke. The final third of the Flor de las Antillas was a lot like the buffet at the casinos in Las Vegas. <laughs> a uh, little of everything. There were so many different notes that were like presenting uh, themselves. It was kind of hard to figure which one to concentrate on. I mean, you ever do that? You go to the casino and you're in the uh, you're, you're in the buffet and you're like, oh, I think I want roast beef. Oh, no, look at the chicken. Oh, ooh, ooh, there's shrimp. Uh, there's crab leg. You know, it's you, so you, good. It's, kind of, it's kind of what this was like. I, I couldn't focus on, on one thing. Cocoa, roasted nuts, brown sugar, coffee beans, and that creamy smoothness just continued all the way uh, through to the end. Uh, for me, the Flor de las Antillas was a nice change of pace from the more pepper-oriented Nicaraguan mm-hmm. cigars that I have a tendency to smoke quite a bit. I love that it managed to have such smoothness while still packing in some nice medium to full power. I don't really think there was anything I didn't like about this cigar or anything that was even remotely disappointing. I felt like it would pair really well with something like a uh, Glenmorangie Spios or even the uh, uh, the Skelly Añejo Tequila. Uh, those seem like it would just be natural. I will be uh, getting more of these to try those pairings because I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, while it's easy to spend uh, big bucks on some of my father's blends, uh, the Flor de las Antillas is not one of them. This Bellicosa was a $7 cigar, nice. uh, and it scores a solid 6 for me on nice. price to quality because, at the, honestly, it 
it smoked just as interesting and just as well as the more pricey, more expensive My Father right, Blends, right. which are terrific at their price point. So uh, right. so I give it a big thumbs up. For you guys, our uh, price to quality scale works. It's a scale of 1 to 10. And if you make a 5 on the scale, you get exactly what you pay for. Right. If you get so lower than good. that, perfect. If you yeah. get lower than that, you maybe have paid a little too much, or if you get higher than that, you <clears> might not have paid enough, and it's an even better cigar than what you're paying for. So that's a so mm-hmm. yeah. So at a seven dollar cigar, uh, if it smokes really well and is really interesting, it's relatively easy for it, it to get a score above a five. Yeah. If you bring in a fifteen dollar cigar. Well, it's got some work to do just to get <laughs> just to stay just, at yeah. five. Just to stay at a five, and if, so if it if it goes over the five mark, it's, that's really saying something. Because what we're saying basically at seven dollars, and I give this a six, I'm saying I wouldn't have been disappointed if this had been a nine or ten dollar mm-hmm. cigar. I'd have felt like it delivered uh, its price point. So, uh, and I some you know sometimes I worry about our price to quality scale because I'm afraid if we give something a, a, a high number that the cigar companies will go, oh, we could have been selling that for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I don't think that I don't think they're like that. I don't think it works like that. So uh, right. All right. We're going to take a break. And we're going to come back and start talking about libation and the ladies of libation. We're going to get into this old uh, Forester that I and I understand this is a special bottle, right? Very this is special. Not just it's our a, it's our single barrel. Ooh, it's spicy. Ooh, I like it. Uh, and I, I don't know how you know because it's still sealed. I know. Well, <laughs> we may or may not have sipped okay. from. It to pick it. Gotcha. See, Cruz, Cruz does this thing when he brings bottles in. He makes sure that the top has already been cleared of any anything holding it, you know, from being open. And he also usually clears the neck just, uh, of it just right. to make sure there's no spillage. Yeah, or it's anything. quality control. When he's pouring, there isn't, you know, there's less of a chance that some will spill out on the. Uh, I feel like it's my duty to, you know, and it makes the show flow a little faster yep. and better, you know. So, yeah, so that's what I like to do. So, uh, this one is full all the way up to the uh, neck of the bottle where the label starts. So Not we'll, for long. We'll, uh, we'll take care of that uh, in just a few moments. Challenge accepted. Uh, plus, uh, stand by because we are going to um, we're going to do some some beer tasting. I'm real curious about this uh, Chargoth smoked Vienna lager. So we'll be trying that in our next segment as well. It's smoking and toasting. Ian, welcome back. It's nice to have you, ladies of Libation. It's awesome to have you in the studio. Awesome to be here. Let's talk drinks next. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, great shirts on the web for cigar lovers. Find them at MyCigarShirts.com because uh, cigars. cigars. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, liquor.com is a great uh, website. I, I, it's a I, lot of fun. I spend a lot of time on there. It's a great place to go if you want like uh, drink recipes, if you're trying to make a cocktail. But they also have just great and very informative articles. And from time to time, they'll put lists together. And you know how I love lists. Uh, here's a list of 12 new tequilas to try in right now. That's right. Uh, we've learned that adding right now to any headline <laughs> m- gives it more urgency and clickability, apparently. so. Or you could also turn it around to a clickbait thing and say, we tried these 12 new tequilas. You won't believe what happened. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. Uh, I get uh, notifications from like BuzzFeed all the time, like uh, uh, 12 tweets that are so funny I can't stand you know or whatever like you won't believe what these yeah it's always like that well here 
here are the 12 new tequilas to try right now. Dahlia Cristalino at $40 is first on the list. And I'm not going to read too much about these. I'm just going to give you the names and you can kind of keep in mind if you see these on the shelf, you might mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. try. There's a lot of Cristalinos in here. Uh, the Don Ramon Platinum Collection from 42 to $46 in uh, a Plata and it looks like a Reposado and an Añejo. Uh, Comos, K-O-M-O-S, at $119. So so now you're getting into, like, super ultra premium because, like, a bottle of Reserva de la Familia is around 150 these days, 145, 150. And that's a beautiful bottle. I mean, and it's as good as it gets. So if if you're at 120, you're almost there. Uh, But Comos has a sort of a – almost looks like a – it's a really – Odd-shaped blue bottle. Looks like it might have been crafted by Belgian monks, uh, which isn't really tequila-ish, but uh, who knows? Uh, Anyway, at $119, that's one I'm going to read up on before I... uh before right. I chance mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Uh, chance the purchase, that's a big uh, drop. Yeah, Mienta Reposado tequila is at sixty five dollars. Have you noticed how tequila prices have crept up and they, up yeah, and they up? Are because up. It's a used hot, to be you wouldn't, item. you wouldn't be paying sixty five dollars for a reposado. Right. That would have been yeah. an añejo extra at sixty five dollars. Mm-hmm. But uh, and every time I go and buy another of another bottle of Reserva de la Familia. It's always at least 10 bucks more than, a, mm-hmm. than the last one I bought. Um, the Partida Roble Fino, uh, three different uh, um, age applications from 100 to $125. Ooh, so wow. the tequila companies are not afraid now no. to price their tequilas in the $100 range, and that actually kind of scares me. But here's a, <laughs> here's a good... Uh, Here's a good antidote to that. Uh, number six on the list is the Tenteo Espero. It's thirty bucks. Hmm. And yeah. Tenteo's the crew that started with the spicy tequila. I think that's back right. Before yeah. everybody else, mm-hmm. yeah, they and, made the spicy spicy. And, uh, apparently, it means I hope in mm-hmm. Spanish. Uh, and this is their new offering as of January of this year. Positions is a high quality value-priced offering for bar and restaurants, a way to kind of cut back mm-hmm. on overhead costs without sacrificing quality during a, a tough time. Uh, Terramana tequila at 33 to $35 uh, also makes the list. And uh, did I get to the end of the list? That's only seven. I thought there were 12. Oh, well. Um, uh, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I just can't count or there's some... I have to click through 100 ads to get to the next uh, thing. But no, liquor.com is not usually bad like that. In any case, uh, the Terramano uh, or Terramano rather is uh, the Rocks tequila, mm-hmm. Dwayne oh, the Rock okay. Johnson. Yeah. So we that are going to have launch. to we are going to have to get a bottle of that because as we proved last week with the ACDC beers, just because you have a celebrity or musician attached to the product doesn't automatically mean it's Conor McGregor's whiskey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's not become it's become a bit of a joke. In the it industry. has it's it's yeah. become the but but actually the laughs on us. He hey. sold it for. Millions maybe, of dollars. Hey, he's a tough guy. Maybe he likes his whiskey tough. Maybe, maybe he. Uh, you got to fight it on the way in. You got to fight it on the way out. Maybe he stood up and flexed at the price negotiations when he sold. <laughs> so, we'll give you two million. That's it. He stands up. Okay, okay, we can go higher. Uh, in any case, there's there's some tequilas for you to try, and uh, I always like uh, looking at lists like that when we have people that are uh, really kind of. I would think of you ladies as specialists in the spirits department. Uh, how long, uh, Chris, were you at Deep Eddy? I was with Deep Eddy 
just under five years. Well, that's, that's a long it was a, time it in was the a spirits while. business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and during that five years is when Deep Eddie kind of blew up, right? 100%. Yeah. 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 And it's now, I mean, now you see Deep Eddie everywhere. It's it's one of those it's brands standard, that's almost yeah. ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, and so now that you're out in, in, in your own uh, line of work uh, doing Ladies of Libation, um, what part of doing all of this because you mentioned you guys do actually a lot of different things from consulting <laughs> with bars to uh throwing events to uh helping brands like you're doing with old forester and and doing this barrel pick what part of this do you like the most what's the most fun i really like seeing new products yeah i mean for me and i know for Lori too we've been in this industry collectively between the two of us and not to age us for over 40 years. But I don't think I know your background before Ladies of Libation. What, what did you do? I've always been a bartender to beverage director, okay. more creative. Mm -hmm. I've always been on the creative side. That's that, that uh, Beverage director is a pretty cool title. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is, and she's being humble. She's created drinks all over the city in places that, that are very well known. I actually met her several years ago before I went to Deep Eddie when she was running the beverage program at Trinity on Shepherd, okay, yeah. which was a restaurant well above and beyond its time. Mm -hmm. We were doing really beautiful, cool drinks there under her direction before Houston was really into we were it. Catching yeah. on to that whole cocktail. Well, <laughs> yeah. see, I remember and food the, too. It was a dream team. But the cocktail thing kind of came along what, like mid like 2010 or so is when Houston kind of really, really yeah, sort but of it was. It was niche. Like there were only a couple people doing it. We we were grateful to Houston to get you know Bobby Hugel Anvil kind of put mm -hmm. co classic cocktails on the map for Houston. But moving beyond that, there weren't a lot of really interesting beverage programs that were you know playing with sous vides or right. barrel aging things or using molecular gastronomy in any capacity for like large scale production. And Lori really led the helm with Trinity on that and kind of put them on the map for that so that we got to do right. really cool stuff there, play with all the chef's toys in the bag, mm -hmm. light Very things on fire. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Anytime, anytime there's actual open flame involved, yeah. I'm, 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 in. I'm in, you know. And, you know, I was just thinking specifically of Houston and the cocktail scene here, uh, the way it has just really kind of snowballed. I mean, just our um, smoking and toasting uh, cocktail expert, Chris Morris alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he doesn't generally stay at a job very long, so he's he's put a whole bunch of different he bars on Trinity. the map. He was at Trinity. Was he really? He was. He uh, was. But I, don't know, I don't know why that surprises me. Uh, what month was he there? <laughs> no, I'm, Chris, I love you, brother. I hope you know that. I love you. Uh, no, but, but seriously, like, uh, there's people... Uh, that now are all over yes. this city, and I know it's happening in other cities as well, doing that. And it's so interesting to me because, you know, COVID caused such a slowdown in the bar industry. Mm -hmm. Some bars didn't make it. Others were. I, I, I drove, I remember the day I drove by Reserve 101 downtown and saw that they were open again. And it was, it was almost like a, an emotional experience. I was like, they made it. They made right. it. Yeah. Heartbeat. Because, yeah, exactly. Because, it, you know, that's close to my house and it's a place where we've met for drinks mm -hmm. before. It's just, you know, kind of a, kind of a special neighborhood place, you know, for me. Uh, and I was just so glad to see that they made it. And I know it was so hard for so many. And then Texas, at least, uh, you know, opened up 
earlier than some other states, and yep. things were a little, and which you know may or, <laughs> has its pluses and minuses, I suppose. Uh, but now with things, you know, the the restrictions aren't clamping down, but I think people with the Delta variant and the rising cases, people are coming, becoming more cautious about going out. What are you guys seeing now in, in the trend in terms of bars? Are they starting to struggle again? I think it depends on the demographic that the bar appeals to. Mm -hmm. So in, in the last three months of 2020, we opened three concepts. Okay. In 45 and days. In 45 wow. days, which wow. I mean, we were busy. I don't recommend. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, they were all packed Slammed. to the gills as soon as they opened because mm. they a lot of them appealed to a younger demographic. So right. you know they didn't have the same and younger people concerns. after all are invincible. So, yes. uh, <laughs> or so they you know. think. <laughs> yes, exactly. Until so. they melt the delta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I, I've been concerned, but you know some some of my favorite places you could see them coming back. Mm -hmm. You could see the yeah. the energy returning, and now it's like oh, I'm reading headlines that you know. Uh, the restaurant business is slowing back down again, and, and I'm sure that's happening uh, with bars. And it's just, you know, it, it was so frustrating having to go through that last time and, and, and trying to trying to do, you know, drive-by pickups to support our favorite breweries and, mm -hmm. and, and favorite places. But it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's tough. What, uh, wh where do you think this goes for bars? Do you think, do you think we are, are kind of entering a new normal and this is kind of the way it's going to be? Or do you think do you think we'll I think, you know kind of pick back up to the old numbers again? I think that bars and restaurants are really important because so much of our life now is online and on right. your phone and oh, on your computer. Totally. Mm -hmm. So bars and restaurants are sort of that last frontier where you go and meet people in person and have socialize that social experience. Right. And they're that's really important as everybody gets really small in their screens and don't don't spend a lot of time with other people. So bars and restaurants are important. You know, uh, just last week, my wife and I went to see uh, a movie. First time to walk into a Oof. theater uh, since all of this happened. You know, we had the mask. Was it on. magic though? Uh, like, yeah, it was. It was. I, <laughs> Did walking, you go to the fancy theater? No, no, it was just uh, one of the uh, uh, Regal yeah. uh, theaters. But uh, but it was an IMAX. Uh, oh yeah. So, but walking into the front door of the building. And smelling the popcorn, yeah. but it's been two years. It's you know? a sensory experience, right, right? So we so we saw the movie, and then we went uh, back downtown. We got um, uh, some food at Nico Nico's and sat uh, mm -hmm. outside and ate. And then we walked across the street to La Carafe and had a drink. And I <sighs> said to her, "I said, this is so much fun. Like I've really missed yep. doing this. It was a, uh, I don't know, it was just it was just normal stuff, but it felt so awesome to do. To take it for granted. I have yeah. noticed though, out and about, people are actually <laughs> distancing a little bit. Or... And I'm seeing more masks again too. Yeah. And it's Same. all voluntary because apparently our governor doesn't, you know, have an issue <laughs> with uh, with you know. The hospital's getting full again, so he's not, you know, not requiring anybody, not allowing other places to require it. It's one mm -hmm. thing to not issue a mandate. I kind of get that. You can let people decide. But to tell businesses and cities that they, they can't, can't that, that just seems crazy to me. 
Like, yeah. I, I don't it's get a, it. It's but, just a simple thing, and it, it protects not just you, but the people who have to work in that bar and restaurant every day and, and come it, in contact with hundreds of people. And it seems to me that if I know that everybody's going to be, uh, you know, obeying a mandate in a place, I'm much more comfortable going in there. Hundred you know? percent. Yes. So, uh, so it's anyway. I don't know. It's just not to get bogged down into that whole yeah. thing, but but it does affect our business. It affects the the spirits business, and it affects you know we saw. You know, just looking at breweries, we saw that more beer, and I think it's true, more alcohol also was sold during the lockdown part of the pandemic. But it had a tendency to go towards the more nationally known brands and the younger and and more up and coming and and craft brands right, right. had a tendency to struggle because they didn't have the distribution. Uh, people just you know went well, for no, that twenty pack of Bud Light instead of yeah, and they're not they're not new, going you know? to the bars to try all the different taps right, and right. things yeah. like that. Right. That made a huge difference. But it, you know? it had a huge impact though. I mean, the retail section of what wound up happening during the pandemic, what we heard from brands all season, has been that they literally sold through years. Of years of futures on cognac, champagne, a lot of reposado, like aged tequila. Really? Which now, on the back end, there are brands that are having trouble keeping house names. Things that you think, like, I should always be able to find Veuve Clicquot right, at right. the grocery store sure, even, sure, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's everyday fancy champagne, and they're having trouble keeping inventory in stock because those are not immediate gratification spirits and wines. Those are right. things that have to see age, they have to see mm -hmm. barrels. They can't just produce it, bottle it, and have it to you tomorrow. And I think they went through three years worth of futures in, in nine, nine months. Yeah, wow. well, <laughs> in a very we, short period. And we talk about this with like new distilleries because they often will put out, uh, you know, a rum or a vodka mm -hmm. because they're they're waiting for their whiskey to age. They want, yeah. they want, yeah. and they, they need, need some flux. operating. Yeah, yeah, they need something to keep it operating yeah. while your whiskey's aged. Ab yep. Absolutely. So, uh, so we'll we'll be seeing a lot of. Uh, Gen. A lot of new, yeah, gen, <laughs> sure. You know, even before, uh, even before COVID and everything happened, there was this whole industry uh, in in whiskey, especially. There was a whole industry move towards uh, some of the no age statements. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. they're just fine. And blendy you know, barrels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, they were putting out a lot of stuff like that that was that was just fine. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's another thing. A lot of especially whiskey distillers do. They'll blend other whiskeys. <laughs> For some house blends before mm -hmm. we, you know, while they're waiting for their, right. you know, while they're waiting for their own stuff to age. So uh, I realize we've gone all the way through the segment. We have not opened oh, no. a beer. <laughs> Madness. And Ian, that is that is just not acceptable here. I was Party I'm fascinated by the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are fascinating ladies, the ladies of libation. <laughs> so, um, so I do want to get back to um, to to the bar thing a little bit because I feel like it's uh, it's such an important part of our culture. Uh, yes. Unless unless you're someone that that doesn't drink and it's not you know not a part of what you do, but it's such an important part of how we socialize and how we um, how we you know how many of us met our spouses. Yeah. Quite frankly, one hundred percent. Who in this room met their spouse at a bar? Raise your hand. I did. Well, ish, uh, well, but drinking. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There I was did. there was drinking involved. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, or, or you know, uh, you know, the music scene. I mean, things that we care about, you know, a lot, are all impacted by all this. And we just want to, you know, I, I don't know. I just want to do whatever we can to help make it through. If it's going to be another we troubling preserve period, it. we got to preserve it. It's it's oh, too yes. important. Well, and I think that a lot of bars are making transitions to uh, outdoor. If you have mm -hmm. an outdoor mm -hmm. space, yes, that yes. really helps 
a thousand percent because really people does, feel comfortable yeah. going and sitting outside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Build that patio. Really does. Yeah. Yep. Build that patio. It's, it's kind of like when the smoking ban happened yes. in in the city of Austin. <laughs> Suddenly, every bar on Sixth mm-hmm. Street had a rooftop uh, yep. patio, you know, so people could go up there and and smoke. So, all right, Ian, you have poured the chargoth. This is from Oliphant uh, Brewing, and you have an interesting look on your face. Talk to me. I like the package. Uh, yeah, well, the, the first off, the great. artwork is fantastic on here. It's really nice. Oliphant has always had, I think, very creative cans. Um, uh, so it definitely ha- it's definitely smoky on the nose. You know, it's funny because all I smell on the nose really is, is the smoke. I don't get a whole lot of other things Agreed. going on. Agree. And this is mm-hmm. a this is a uh, a, pil- a, a lager, mm-hmm. so you would be expecting to get some smoke of that yeasty, uh, you know, sort of lager thing. But I agree, the smoke is, and and I'll I'll just say on my first sip, it's the dominant note on the first sip too. Easily, it's it's interesting of, because when you get to your second sip. It moves to secondary, and you taste the beer up front. Yeah, uh-huh. so you get a little more of and the... And then it lives the, in the, the back of the spice. palate with the, with the uh, retro hail and everything else. Mm-hmm. And you get a little more of the baking spice up front that... I always talk about the... You know, when you get those rolls at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that have that dusting of flour on the top, mm-hmm. that, yep. that, that kind of a flavor, I get a little bit of that in there. It's, um, it's tasty. I like it after the first sip. The first sip was a little too much. I agree. It takes a little adjusting the palate. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like it. But when that when that smokiness is kind of on the finish, uh, it's not as jarring. When when right. you got it right up front, it, it definitely made made me say, "Ooh, I don't know." And I and I like some smoky this things. This is uh, coming in at five point five percent. I would say this is also like gateway smoky because it's not like in the spirit world where like mezcal and certain peaty scotches are right. like smoke factories. Right. This feels smoked. <laughs> We and you a get smoke it, Shiner smoke a, factory. That'd be awesome. Shiner like a whole had show. a smoke. They uh, had a smoked one a couple of years was ago. It what yeah. was it? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, they I had remember a smoked that. One yeah. years ago. Yeah. It was really. It was like this is. This like to you me said, is. This is a lot less smoky mm-hmm. than that one was. And this is drinkable. I think that I could finish one of these. Sometimes with those, you sit there and you're like, man, this is kind of a lot. Like I'm in yeah. for a journey with this beer. Right. But I feel like this one's pretty approachable, and it lightens up on the smoke a little bit. Yeah, after I agree. That first you're, sip, you're not as you've opened the can. You're not sitting here going, "Okay, I got to finish this so I can have yeah. something else." You know. Yeah. But um, now you have a beer that'll that'll marry well with your uh, Kentucky Fire Cure. Well, Noir. yeah, that's right? actually what it reminds me a little bit of. Yeah. To be honest, is those uh, is those very uh, campfire uh, infused cigars? Are those infused? They are right. I don't know exactly how they do it's, it. It's, it's a true estate. Fire like cured, the so they Muata, yeah, have I have some kind of infusion with the smoke. Uh, and well, the... you know, after our trip to uh, Honduras and seeing all the different steps of how tobacco is cured and how it's put together, like it wouldn't surprise me of how it's probably really easy to do that. You just fill that room mm-hmm. with the essence of what it is that you want mm-hmm. that tobacco to absorb, especially during certain stages of the curing, and it and it pulls. So yeah, I guess a little fiery smoke in the uh, uh, you know, in the tobacco barn would uh, would work pretty well. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to take yeah. a break. This, uh, I think, this is very good. I don't know if I'd want more than one. I think it's a really food friendly beer. Food. Can you <laughs> oh, imagine this with, with like it. a plate of barbecue? Oh, oh yeah, you're talking. Right? So I was thinking um, uh, uh, oysters. Oh, oh yeah, I like yes. that. Yes, I mean, that like could be this, fun. This with with 
Briny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're so making good. me hungry. Salt and smoke. <laughs> Let's take a break, and uh, we'll be back at Smoking and Toasting. By the way, uh, uh, drinking news still to come. We'll be tasting some of this old Forester here in a few Yay. moments. And a new IPA from Bell's, their Juicy Gossip. I love we'll be that trying name. it next. Juicy Gossip. <laughs> juicy Gossip. Don't pick that beer. Our favorite. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known around the world for something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going strong there, and I just, just ran out of, ran out of stuff. We like good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And people know us. Uh, somebody <laughs> asked me if I could distill the uh, the show down like for what they call an elevator pitch, right? Mm-hmm. If you, you've got just the time of an elevator ride to explain to somebody what you do, I go, oh, I, I, I can I can do it in, in, uh, in between floor one and two, because I just <laughs> borrow it from Ian when he says, beer good. Yeah. <laughs> You know that that kind of that kind of sums I like it all. To break up. things down. We got a uh, comment from uh, Liliana Rodriguez talking about the. Uh, I love her talking about the uh, tequilas that we were. Uh, uh, oh yes, that we were mentioning. So a lot yes. of huh. companies selling tequilas are using buzzwords to increase the price, such as organic, yeah. stone ovens, True. reserve, and more. All the tequilas associated with celebrities are very expensive and may not be great. Do your research before spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to get us, good advice. Yeah, I'm gonna, definitely going to get us some of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's uh, tequila, so we can try it here on the show. And that way, if, if it I is drink tequila, does that mean I can do the eyebrow thing? It, it does? totally does. Yes, it totally does. And and it allows you to say, it allows you to say, but only for like a ten minute span of time. Can you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> <laughs> but you only get 10 minutes. After that, you're not allowed to say it anymore. So, all right. Uh, Ian's going to pour us some juicy IPA here. Juicy uh, I just I just want to point out that the cap on this also has a little... <gasps> has uh, that oh, yeah. The, the packaging is, is awesome. Yeah, and Ian, will show, once he pours that, he'll show this to the uh, to the camera here in just a moment. Um, yeah. While while he's pouring that, I'll mention, and, you know, I'm, I'm a... Uh, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, and Tom Brady and his uh, new team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won the Super Bowl last year, and they have now announced a partnership with Coppertail Brewing Company in Florida. Mm-hmm. Coppertail uh, established itself as the top-selling mm. Tampa brand and the number one independently owned craft brewery in the state of Florida. Their flagship brands are uh, Free Dive IPA and Unholy Triple, among others. They have teamed up with the Buccaneers for a special Lager, Florida special lager with the old uh, Tampa Bay. Remember when the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers like first came out, and their their uh, logo was this real swashbuckling pirate. Yep, and they had those creamsicle uh, uniforms that. Sort of creamsicle color and the swashbuckling pirate is back for the cans here, and it's it's actually very very cool in a throwback way. Anyway, if you are in Florida, and I know we have listeners in Florida, look for that, and I will look. We get some Florida beers uh, here in yeah, Houston. we get the Cigar City, yeah, and, and, and Cigar City others. stuff is great, and uh, so I'll, I'm going to be looking for that and see if we can uh, see if we can try some of that out. In the meantime, Bell's is definitely one of our favorite uh, breweries. Both you and I have got huge respect for them. Yeah, and, uh, and Bell's from Comstock. Michigan. This is uh, this is their juicy is their IPA juicy called gossip. Juicy it's Gossip. Got this yeah, great close up of uh, of yeah. someone whispering in someone else's ear. Obviously, 
I, that branding is brilliant. Yes, it really is. <laughs> On the back, it says uh, loose lips, drink sips, juicy Love gossip. It's a little bit of everything you've been talking about. Explosive tropical hop flavor that's mm-hmm. sessionable mm. with a soft bitterness. I think they pretty much nailed that. I dig this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It's just it's just a very drinkable, juicy IPA. Yes. You know, some, some juices that I really love, but I love for other reasons, are very, very big and kind of robust. And this is more easy drinking. What's, uh, what's the ABV on this, Ian? Does it say on the bottle? Uh, it is four point seven, so okay. quite nice. I'm, I'm not surprised given how mm-hmm. uh, given how crushable this it has, seems to be. This has a little bit of bitter on the aftertaste, mm-hmm. but in kind of a good way. It, it's not killing you with the bitter, uh, right? Right. And also the uh, the fruitiness of it is not so is not so uh, uh, fruity that it bowls you over. So it doesn't come across as right. sweet and it's, then bitter. It's, it's still, actually just it's kind still of a nice... feels like an IPA, the way mm-hmm. it, the, yeah. the way right. it uh, kind of sits on your tongue. Uh, so it's a little more like a like a uh, classic balanced IPA with a twist. Well, yeah. Bell, Bell's is nothing if not balanced when it comes to their beers. I mean, it, I mean they literally you, make one of the best IPAs in existence. Well, so, so I, I, I'm sure you're talking about the Two-Hearted uh, yes. IPA. So that beer is incredibly hop forward yep. and yet you still really like it because it's balanced because of the balance mm-hmm. exactly yes. right because exactly it's not right. just hops trying to slap you around you have you have the the malt forward right up front and then the hops introduce themselves in the middle range of the palate mm-hmm. and then towards the end of the palate leaves you with that hop with some bitter but not mm-hmm. with a not with a ah, what did I just put on my tongue kind of bitter. Well, this has got a little bit of hop bitter to it, just mm-hmm. enough to make you know that you're uh, having an IPA. Because and, and some of the juices are almost like an orange juice. This has a yeah. little bit of a resiny bitter, slight <coughs> resiny bitter to it, which yeah. is okay because it's just a slight resiny bitter. It doesn't leave you feeling like you just well, you know, accidentally bit into a yeah. pine cone. And, and I think it's delicious. Coated. Very, yeah. very, very, very crushable. And as, as you pointed out, Ian, and I'll show this to the uh, camera here. That is the that is the cap, which so continues smart. the artwork. Really, really nicely done. Well, I know you guys. You know, uh, you're obviously you know very, very hip to the marketing side of things because of how you how you help <laughs> you know, help brands and stuff do roll out. And I think I think it's uh, I, I, it's always nice when you see something like this where you go, yeah, they totally did that right. You know. Oh, I'm a sucker for a good package. So yeah. to take the label. And then replicate it on the cap just for this one beer. Those are the special touches that yeah. a consumer notices. And Bell's yeah. is particularly good at this too. They have this label right here is mm-hmm. the identifying mark. Right. That's mm-hmm. how you know And it's, it's real Bell's. easy to see, even from way back. Mm-hmm. It's yep. super simple. And all of this can be different colors, different everything, but when you see this, you always know Bell's. Well, you know what I think one of the most difficult things for a craft brewery to do right now is... Not make an IPA? (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. You say that like it's a bad thing. Uh, no, No, I think one of the most difficult things for them to do is... To release beers that can be a part of their ongoing lineup, because everybody's True. so so interested in you know trying new things, and so many breweries have done a great job of doing you know short term or seasonal releases. But to take something like this, which I do not believe is a seasonal, I think they're releasing this as a part of their regular lineup, mostly because, and I and I haven't read that for sure, but mostly because of the that touch. the extra touches mm-hmm. that they've taken mm-hmm. with them, leads me to believe they're investing in this as a part of their uh, core lineup, and it's it's good enough to do that, and I think you know. I mean, look at look at what they've accomplished already with two hearted and others. caps can be fun. Like you know, like you got this on the outside of the cap. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Saint Arnold's always has some 
quirky so, little interesting mm-hmm. beer centric saying yep. on the inside Absolutely. of the cap or Absolutely. Lone Star used to have do they still have them uh, oh, the little the little riddle puzzles things. yeah, yeah. Yep. love yep. those love those yeah well it's something to do while you're sitting yeah, in yeah. you know waiting for something to happen at the bar well, and our hashtag for our business is it tastes better when it's pretty so that applies oh, to like that. all things now, all see, things I, I like what it says on the bottom of your card here it says always seasonal always small batch always extraordinary that's right that's good see you guys you guys do know something about marketing we try all right we're gonna take a break when we come back it's drinking news time plus uh, it's drinking time as well as we uh, will bust open this uh, this bottle of old forester and and again uh if you ever want as you're bringing something on the show if you ever want to send it to me in advance so I can do that thing where I clear away the packaging <laughs> and, uh, and you know, drain and shave off of the, the top of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just know that I'm available okay. for that uh, should you need it. But we'll be going right from the source here with a little old Forester single barrel. Plus, you can tell me why this says Ladies of Libation on the front. Is smoking and toasting. Our apologies. I think the guitar player is just a little flat in that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys got great tone. <laughs> Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Our program is uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. It's show number 249. And we are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Please go visit them on the web because they support this show. So please support them in return. We uh, appreciate it. Well, Ian, I missed you last week. I'm so glad you're back, especially now, because it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News, now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh... Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Uh, and uh, just a reminder for those who are uh, new to the drinking news segment that this uh, this part of the program is where we love to feature uh, stories from the news that are at least reported to be true. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't make these up. Allegedly, we found them. We found them <laughs> allegedly some, true. We found them somewhere. Allegedly. Although I am learning that. Uh, uh, did you know, by the way, that not everything on the internet is accurate? Fake news. What? No, Uh, no, but I mean, I've been reading this great news source called The Onion. Yeah. (laughs) Every morning. Yeah. Well, and and I'll just say these stories are not from The Onion. So they're not written specifically to be uh, parodies or or jokes. Uh, Some of them are great. One of my favorites was the Starbucks slated to open a Starbucks in the bathroom of the existing (laughs) Starbucks. (laughs) Old article about it. That's crazy. Well, these stories are actually true or purported to be, and they are actually coming from. At least somewhat reputable sources, and they are occasionally songs about drink, uh, stories rather about drinking, but not always. But they are always stories that may be you know best suited for you know consuming when you are, when you are or have been drinking. Mm-hmm. And we've mm-hmm. started, and we're about to do more. So uh, here we go. Uh, animals. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> 
even aquatic ones. Oh. You still like where we're going? Oh, we're, yeah, now we're in yeah. Steve Zissou <laughs> territory. Going. Okay, well, go well, ahead. They may be smarter than we think. <laughs> uh, we've all heard about how smart dogs can be. Uh, many scientists think that dolphins may be one of the smartest non-human creatures on the planet. Uh, not as much is known about stingrays, however, at least until recently, when it was discovered that the species actually has the ability to mimic humans in unanticipated ways. Now, they can't walk, they can't talk, but apparently they can photobomb. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. uh, this is accurate. Wendy, Wendy Armstrong from Worthington, UK, takes her daughters Aurora and Daisy to the Lake District Coast Aquarium on a regular basis. <laughs> on one visit, Armstrong noticed that a stingray inside the tank was taking particular interest in the then six-month-old daughter, Daisy. At the time, according to Armstrong, Daisy was a very serious baby. As the mom snapped a photo of the scowling child, the stingray in the tank next to her did a little pose of its own, giving us one of the best photos of the year. And Adam, go ahead and put that up. You'll have to look at it on your screen I there. Have uh, Ian, have you seen? Oh, have, oh, how did it frown? They're always so yeah, smiley. Uh, so, uh, and, and I just, I just want to say that this one is really. <laughs> All about the picture. So if you're listening to the show audio only, uh, this one's totally worth going to YouTube in order one. to be that able to see this. Uh, and by the way, ever since the Stingray photo mom, Daisy's mother reports that she's been a happier child and more likely to smile. Thank you, Stingray. And that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Uh, so, I, I, by the way, I can promise a Florida man story next week. Oh, God. I found one, but it was too late. I already, already had, uh, Stories had uh, gotten the start stingray. with the phrase, a Florida, a Florida man. A Florida man. They're just, they're just yeah. inherently going to be funny. There's expectation a certain, there. A certain humor that goes there. And, and you know, we're talking about Florida breweries, but uh, uh, our one of our favorites, the Cigar uh, City, Cigar City yeah. actually has a double IPA called Florida Man. Oh it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. All right, speaking of awesome, I am very excited. I just want to look at this really closely. She's this is beautiful. an old Forester single barrel, barrel strength, labeled with you guys' name on it, Ladies of Libation, uh, bottle of uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. So as you open that, tell me yeah. tell me what what led to this actually happening how did the uh, how, how did it how did it come about that you guys wound up doing a uh, a barrel pick and having <laughs> an old forester bottle with your name on it well we were really fortunate that we kind of started a conversation with our friends at old forester and with mm -hmm. brown foreman earlier in the year mm -hmm. and they really wanted to do a barrel pick because they have a female master distiller, we're a female beverage group, and a lot of the time, ladies don't get a lot of recognition in our industry. And you know, that's something that actually, especially in brown spirits, mm -hmm. in in brown spirits and in beer, you're seeing yeah. you're seeing a bit of a push mm -hmm. now for more inclusion uh, and more recognition, particularly of uh, female distillers and female uh, brewmasters. Mm -hmm. But it's 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 starting to happen. We're getting there. They wanted to do a female-led barrel pick with their female master distiller. And so we were actually lucky enough to do our barrel selection virtually because of COVID. That was kind of a bummer. Um, but we did it in kind of 
honor of International Women's Day so that we got to sit there video conference with Jackie Z, who's their female master distiller, and go back and forth with her. She brought us three barrels that she thought would be good for a single barrel release. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we set up our, we have a vintage camper bar trailer that we use for events. So we set her up and we got to kind of do kind of a fun background for our video setting. There's a little um, video attached on our website. But it was fun to sit there and talk with her about whiskey and taste through what she thought we would like Mm -hmm. and then decide what we would want if we were going to be a consumer. So if we were going to buy a bottle with our name on it, Mm -hmm. what would that expectation be? Is there a a certain vibe that you were looking for that, that would communicate the women thing or is it just women looking for something that tastes good and saying that's it that but also we're purists we like spirits that taste like spirits right okay i got you we and especially bourbon we're big fans of bourbon and whiskey so for us we wanted something that we would actually want to drink at home Mm -hmm. and so we appreciate a big bourbon in that sense that because we like all the accoutrement as Lori said earlier you know we like to make an old-fashioned at home we like the Mm -hmm. routine and kind of the ritual of that moment so tasting through the bourbons we really tried to pick something that for us was going to be special but not weird Mm -hmm. there was one that was delicious but it had this like funky banana bread tropical thing going on and it was great it was all like brown sugar caramel banana bread but then as we kept sipping it and going back and forth, this was our like love language bottle. So you went mm-hmm. with spicy and cinnamon. Spicy. We wanted like yeah. light, tropical, spicy, big flavor. This is also a special bottle for Old Forester. This is, not only is it barrel strength, it's 133.2 proof. So it's, it's spicy. Yeah, baby. But it's also raw and filtered, which they have not released in the market previously. So she kind of threw this barrel in for us to taste, I think is a wild card. Because she really wanted to release it. Yeah. And she didn't tell us anything about them before we chose. Interesting. And so we didn't learn about it and how special of a barrel it was until after our tasting. And we're like, no, we're dead set. This is the one. And she's (laughs) like, you picked a good one. (laughs) So I just wanted to point something out. I was, was, uh, you know, using my nose to to uh, kind of take in the aromas, and I swirled it around in the glass. It's incredibly oily. Look at the legs on it. Look (laughs) at the way that created a little pattern of swirliness Mm -hmm. on the uh, Glencairn there. That is so interesting. Uh, Have you tasted it yet? I I haven't. I've only enjoyed the the nose. You have tasted it. We also felt like this would be a really good cigar-pairing bourbon. Mm -hmm. It's it's Mm -hmm. built. It has heft. You remember that... um, that Ooh, uh, Gloria Cabana Siri R Maduro yes, that I gave sir. you. Yes, sir. That's where this one goes. All right. I love it. Now we're adding or a drop a diesel. Thank you. Or a diesel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, this is big. Or, or this or is a, tough. It's big and spicy, and you Even add a couple the, uh, of drops of distilled water, and it just gets. And kind of opens up. Opens so, up. Uh, you just put a little bit of water in my but I want to talk about it straight out of the bottle. It's Yes. It's spicy, and mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is like. Uh, uh, you remember those little. Uh, what were they called? Uh, little hot fireball candies. Yes, yes, oh, yeah, yes. little atomic fireballs. Atomic mm-hmm. fireballs. I mean, it's that kind of spicy. It's yeah. It's got so much punch to it, but it has also this great mineral aftertaste, mm-hmm. uh, right? And kind of a um, a brown sugary um, uh, and a malt thing going on towards it, the end of it. It's, it's spicy really enough that it almost makes me 
want to think of it as a rye. Right. Well, yeah. that's, and, and that's my preference is always the spicy. I'm a yeah, rye person right. by yep. nature, so I think that's what attracted me to this one mm-hmm. particularly. Oh. And the water brings out vanilla. Isn't yeah. it delicious? Totally. I mean, it just... Totally. And, little bit and it makes the minerality a little more uh, present, too, mm-hmm. I think, on the finish. It, it's definitely a fun one. You talked about that little bit of, like, malt that happens, and mm-hmm. that's kind of a signature to Old Forester. Mm-hmm. I love Old Forester. For their grain build specifically, it's or this bottle specifically, it's 72% corn, it's 18% rye, and it's 10% malted barley. And that malted barley, because it's already sprouted and it changes like the way that the starch and the sugars kind of activate, they don't have to add sugar to their product. Right. right. It's sweet on its, it's own because they're using that malted it. barley. Mm-hmm. And it, it mm-hmm. makes such a beautiful, rich depth to the bourbon that I think is really unique. Well, uh, so about two years ago, I think it was, I brought a bottle of uh, Old Forester. I hadn't had Old mm-hmm. Forester before, and I, brought, I bought a bottle of the um, Bottled and Bond. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, and loved it. We loved it on the show, mm-hmm. and I've been buying random other old foresters ever since. <laughs> yeah, and and so while I could say old forester is almost always on my shelf, it's not always the same one. But, but, yeah. same one. but I, I absolutely love all their different uh, bourbons. Well, and I think Jackie is the one who's responsible for like the old forester birthday bourbon and mm-hmm. some of the really uh, sought after allocated. Uh, releases that they yes. have those are all hers birthday so. bourbon her single barrel programs the 150th anniversary batch release the rye these are all her passion projects so she brought a lot of the really cool stuff that people appreciate as enthusiasts now for old mm-hmm. forester she was kind of the palette behind all of it which That's i think so not cool. not nice. enough people know now um this is a single barrel mm-hmm. uh it's barrel strength so where will people find this? Is it going to be available at retail, and how hard is it going to be to find? It's not unobtainable. Okay. <laughs> but there is Sorry, a Chris Hart, you can yeah. actually get this. <laughs> we actually, for us as a company, one of the fun things that we really like to double down on <clears throat> with owning our own company is philanthropy. Mm-hmm. So for us, when Old Forester reached out to us that they wanted us to do a single barrel, we're like, cool, how do we get back to charity? Because we have fun charity partnerships. And so for us, we were going to release this barrel last month or a couple weeks ago. And we actually pushed the date to October 2nd to pair up with Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. Because our partner for this barrel sale is going to be The Rose here in Houston. Mm -hmm. So if people aren't familiar with The Rose, The Rose provides breast cancer screening and treatment programs to both insured and uninsured women in Houston and surrounding areas. They have 3D mobile mammogram units that travel all over Texas, and it's a really, really beautiful, cool program. So we were fortunate enough that Siraj at Premier, um, Fine Spirits on 18th Street in the Heights, is going to be getting 99% of our barrel. We are releasing it on October 2nd, so if you're a bourbon enthusiast, get there early. These things sell out by, like, 10.30 a.m. Yeah, no, they really do. They do, do. and we're expecting it. Reminds me of the old Divine Reserve days with where people would be lined up How much will a bottle go for total? That, we can't 
guesstimate because it is up to him to put the price on the bottle. Oh, I see. Okay. What I do know is that he has been kind enough. We kind of asked in partnership for there to be a donation from every bottle from our barrel <clears throat> to go back to the rose. That any person that buys a bottle of Old Forester single barrel Ladies Libation pick that day, twenty dollars a bottle is getting donated wow. to the rose. That's and a he's lot. cutting a check wow. day, that day of. Wow, that's wow. which is a huge generous that contribution cool for us. Thing. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. It you know you you always hear that a portion of the proceeds and you you go no yeah, it's for I real wonder, yeah. I wonder, I wonder <laughs> yeah, how much of a portion yeah. per right yeah exactly. per ten or something yeah, like that exactly well and we ninety nine percent of our allocation is going to uh, the barrel release but that other little tiny part may or may not be at uh, Vic and Anthony's Steakhouse downtown so <laughs> for special guests so you can always go in be. have a secret yeah. handshake and they'll pour it for uh, you there okay yes. uh, we know I know lots of different single secret handshakes mm-hmm. so what I do is if the first one doesn't work i just try keep another one I just, keep going. Yeah, I just keep going through different handshakes eventually i'll pull out my you know if you give them the, if you green, give them the wrong green handshake, lantern you might get something else who knows what you, who knows what you'll get yeah. they bring you a seafood tower <laughs> <laughs> which by the way would be delicious yeah, that, that is true that would be pretty be good with day. this uh, with this uh, single barrel how long did it take you to choose this one i know you said you went through the 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 thing virtually but was was it stretched out over a period of time or was no, it no it was like sitting? an hour it was yeah. one, so one sitting, sitting. and wow. it was just bourbon 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 but it was funny because we really did keep we loved all three <coughs> yeah and we really did keep going back and forth and we weren't unanimous until the end really? because they were so, all so different I'm really interested and so in this, good this one that you described the banana bread because bread, yeah. uh, that yeah, sounds yeah. great to me it was uh, delicious it was delicious yeah but it, we felt like not every not everyone loves bananas. I'm, I'm willing to oh, bet you know? everyone loves bananas. I love banana bread. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and it wasn't quite the punch that it was really this soft. one gave us. It was a little and softer. sweeter. Well, even with the drops of water, this oh. is still packing a uh, yeah. a considerable uh, and you said 132 133.2. <laughs> but it, the thing is, is once it That's really, big. once yeah. it opens up, it doesn't drink that way. Once no, it, really it opens, doesn't. if I mean, you, you put can it tell over a big ice cube, you can tell it's really. Like, it goes. It's got so some punch, it gets but soft. there's a stripe of spice right down the middle mm-hmm. of my tongue mm-hmm. that just sits there, it's, in such a lovely way. I always joke every time I go to Kentucky that the way that bourbon smells, mm-hmm. I want this bottled as like a perfume. Oh, it'd be oh amazing. Yeah, or, it'd be amazing. you know, you find like bourbon candles and things like that. They're but never the same. Never the I same. want this Well, smell. you can actually take this probably and just, and just pull get it. Don't get pulled over. <laughs> no. yeah, don't get pulled over. <laughs> I know, it gives you a new excuse. No, officer, that's my perfume. Yes. <laughs> Have you been drinking? No, just spritzing. Spritzing. <laughs> it, it is. There's something to that like oaky, <clears throat> vanilla-y deliciousness. All right. We are going to take a break, and I'm glad we've uh, still got some of this in our glasses. You do still have a little mm-hmm. bit left, uh, Ian, because I'm going to be real curious to see uh, in our next segment, we're going to be tasting this 50-50 Brewing Company's Bart. Oh, yeah. It's a blend mm. of Imperial Stout and Barley Wine. Oh. So I'm really going to be curious to go back That's and fair. forth There's to this. There's a really awesome oak astringency that yes, kind of builds yes, up after is. you've had a few mm-hmm. sips, too, that and I'm really enjoying. And even once you've had the water uh, uh, added to it, you see how that's still leaving those uh, lovely rings mm-hmm. around the edge. Uh, this has got some. Uh, this has got some. Heft. It's got some weight. We didn't pick yeah. a baby bottle. It's our baby, but it's a, it's a good one. <laughs> it's definitely not my first bourbon. That's right? for sure. That's for sure. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back at Smoking and Toasting. It's show number two hundred and forty-nine, and the ladies of libation are in the house. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, great shirts for cigar lovers on the web. Check them out at MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. cigars yes. I, I'm <laughs> sitting here with the, with the can of Bart. Yeah. And, um, Bay, Area, Bay Area Rapid Transit. <laughs> I like that they just changed that straight to uh, barrel-aged, really tasty. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. A, that to sounds, the point. Sounds like one and, of us named it. And I just like over the over the break, we had these uh, these uh, orange oh. sticks with dark chocolate on them. Yeah, what They're are those? Candy, exactly. Candied orange peel dipped in dark chocolate, mm. um, which they, they form like Voltron. I was going to say with does, the whiskey does not yes. go with this whiskey at all. But I also oh, want to point out what's coming up. What's coming up in the bar is the caramel chocolate brown sugar character Ooh. in the blend of Imperial Stout about a barley wine. Beer mm-hmm. that's, what that's what I'm thinking. No, so I'm going to go ahead and start pouring this, while you. This pairs perfectly. I was really mm-hmm. just trying to say that so you guys oh. wouldn't eat them all and <laughs> oh. would leave so some we'll more keep, for me. We'll slide them back over. Oh, they don't. Okay. Well, yeah. They're so good. For us. Oh, booze Ian, tasting wonderful. is always finding a good pairing, and mm. when I saw those, I was like, "That's going to match our barrel. We have well, to get them." And for Ian and myself, we always, whenever we're tasting something we really like it, we're always thinking, "Would this go with a cigar?" And if so, mm-hmm. what one uh, or or what style? And Ian pointed out with this, I mean, this could stand up to a lot of times. You know, you almost have to go with a milder cigar with a mm-hmm. lot of spirit uh, pairings because the uh, spirit will, uh, the cigar could overwhelm. The spirit a little bit. In this case, though, this is all. I mean, you you, you can stand up to plenty with uh, mm-hmm. with this single yep. barrel. Well, you know, with, with <laughs> pairings, you're looking for one of two things. You're either looking for flavors that complement each other, or that kind of work around each other so as mm-hmm. not to interfere, but still mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. together. You know, cigars are very much the same way with with beers and with whiskeys. I think more so with whiskeys. Mm-hmm. A lot mm-hmm. of times, uh, although it's it's really hard to go wrong with a cigar and a whiskey. Yeah. Finding the right pairing is a big thing. It's always yeah. hard. It's always tough to go wrong with a cigar and a rum too. I've noticed. Right, oh, right. Yeah. They're so very easy. friendly in yep. terms of how they uh, how they give and yeah. take. Cigar and gin. Nah, that's a little sketchier. Yeah. yeah, and and you know I'm a big fan of IPAs, but I don't drink a lot of IPAs when mm-hmm. I'm having a cigar because some, not all, but uh, but you know a lot of them just don't match up that well. All right. Well, oh I, I will just say this. This, this is. This is wonderful. With the when room. you have them make your uh, whiskey, um, uh, uh, eau de toilette, right? <laughs> go ahead and have the, go ahead and have them make some of this too, because that's, I would wear this. Oh wow! By the way, that's uh, that's that's, f- that's French for eau of the toilet. <laughs> Noted. Uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know you were so. Uh, such um, a such a cunning linguist. I'm sir. multilingual. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am, sir. Thank That's you for that. That's delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, all right, so Bart, this is from mm-hmm. uh, this is from a, a very interesting uh, brewery, a fifty fifty brewery in Truckee, California, and I think we've had one of their beers on here before, Ian, but I don't remember now. All right, so I think mm. what they have done, yes, is they took an imperial stout. And then they added an American style barley wine mm-hmm. because it's got a lot of hop character mm-hmm. in the back. But that stout, yeah. the stout kind of knocks it's it there. through, though, smooths it? it right mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Like I don't know what to say. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. very drinkable. Yeah. And I think uh, if I had a chocolate covered um, oak barrel stave <laughs> yes. that I was just chewing on right now, that's the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. I think, uh-huh. by the way, that my wife bought this at H E B. 
Mm. This is Believe outstanding. Uh, so, and it's just not exactly what you'd expect. Well, to be says, able to find. it says right here six dollars and forty nine cents. Well, this you is go. you definitely got your uh, six forty nine, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, not really a lot else good. says on uh, not a lot else on the uh, package. It is ten percent though. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, I, would ex- I was expecting it to be a lot chewier, mm-hmm. but it's actually really easy to no, drink. No, you're right. Yeah. But I, I think because they used an American-style barley wine, and that has a little more uh, carbonation, and it has a little less of the, the yeah, chewiness. more hop and less of small the sticky. Fizz. Right. Yeah. right. I, I think that's what makes it. It's almost it's almost light enough in in uh, uh, mouthfeel that you don't even think that it might be as high as 10%. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sure. true. Yeah. It does not would... taste like a 10% beer. Well, and here's the funny thing. I don't really like them. I love barley wines, but I don't really not, like American, American style American barley style. wines yeah. very much. But I can kind but of in this taste, case, it works. I think what they did here, and I don't have proof of it. I mean, I, I could look it up, I suppose, but this really, really tastes like they, they took a, an American style barley wine that would be way, way hoppier than I would enjoy and then put it in a barrel-aged stout and created this beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Have you gone back to the old yeah, Forester single bar? <laughs> it's pretty nice they, together. It's, it's, it's almost moly. like it was is planned. Is this a little snack pack? Yeah. Is this, this a is, one uh, and another? This is working. This is your boiler maker for the mm-hmm. day. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. What is happening? They're best friends. Uh, so now I'm getting a chocolatiness mm-hmm. out of the uh, mm-hmm. bourbon uh, that is just... Was it, Were we saying chocolate before? No, I don't but think it's we here were. Now. No, but it's like a dark chocolate yep. cinnamon... Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, you know, it's, it's like that really uh, high percentage uh, cacao that when yes. it melts and the gets super that dark. silkiness. The, yeah. kind, the kind from China. I know what you're talking Don't. about. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind you find right before you check out at Trader Joe's. Yeah, and like in the aisle mm-hmm. section, and oh, you're yeah, like, yeah. "Ooh, I like super dark." And then you get home and you're like, "I do like super dark, but this chocolate bar's a lot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Kind of, um, you break off just the corner of mm-hmm. every like week so or so. Good. Just nibble on it. <laughs> All right, so this is interesting. Go back now mm-hmm. to the Bart after you've had some of the whiskey. It it almost knocks oh. some of the power out of it. It seems like it does, doesn't it? You it know? does, but it makes it more like chocolate milk. It, it, right, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's more like a chocolate mm-hmm. milk, like a yoo-hoo in the best nostalgic way possible. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a kind of a vanilla flavor that creeps up in it too that yeah, I wasn't experiencing before. Especially on the uh, finish, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, more research is uh, definitely necessary. <laughs> I'm telling you, these two would. They play very well together. Yes, they, they do. They should be on a menu together. They, uh, they really do. Well, and, and the, so this is part of what you guys do now. You, uh, I know you consult different bars and restaurants, but what do you consult on? Is it menu? Is it marketing? All of the above? What do you, what do you do for a bar or a restaurant that uh, elicits your services? Depends on the client. Okay. Always. Some people come to us with really great concepts already developed. You know, everything but the menu. Right? right, they just know we need help here to make it profitable and to make it trendy, and you know, give make the kids the gram drinks. Right, about. yeah. But we have other clients that we've done full scale, ground up. We've helped them and aided them in construction design, city permitting. I mean, we'll take people from zero to a hundred. So we train staff, we train, train the staff. Bartenders. Wow, that's great. So if you're doing, uh, if you're helping to develop a menu. Mm-hmm. That's our favorite part. Well, so, so what do you do there? Do you do you you know put an apron on and get in the kitchen and start trying things? One, do you? Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Really, that's part of it. Yeah, we, we have we're fortunate. We so we work with a lot of brand partners and we have a um, a storage unit full of booze 
And when we go to write a menu, we... Could you write that address down? Right. We peruse <laughs> our, our shelves. sample room. Yeah. It's beautiful. And then we just... we we. Because we have, you know, we have <laughs> concepts that are more sports bar related, and then we have right. really high end ultra lounge uh, menus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, different clients have different needs, and we're really good at picking the right drinks for the right concept and and for the right clientele that they're yes. looking yes. to attract, right? Yes. Yeah, because that's that's a big part of it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that too is us giving. Brand, helping them with their brand identity by mm-hmm. creating that menu, but also giving them lasting beverage programs. One of the things that we really lovingly fight in in most of our clients is, well, I hired this great beverage manager, or I hired this great beverage director. And we've been in those roles. We've been those people, and we get it. But there's nothing worse than investing and putting all your eggs in that basket and then having the beverage manager get poached by a brand or right, move to upstate sure. New York mm-hmm. or yeah. – go to California or, you know, those are the things that will then cripple a bar program in a way. And that you don't have something to fall back on until you find that next this, beverage. Or their menu is just keep why, changing. Is this the reason why some bars you end up going and you're like, wow, this is great. And then you show up like six months later and the only thing they have is what they get off of the. Uh, Bingo. hundred percent. Absolutely. Off the, uh, <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Truck. The, at yep. the, yeah. No, I, I'm telling you, uh, there's a restaurant. I won't say who it is. There's a restaurant that I uh, go to on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, and it was about. the place I first discovered Lone Pint Yellow Rose, which That's to this day one of my favorite IPAs in the world. And then a year or so after that, it's gone. their beer menu went just straight to hell. It well, was it's like, it's completely like, it's predictable. It's like going to, uh, it was like I'm all Anheuser-Busch. It's like going to Buffalo Wild Wings. They okay, have so how was, many taps? All right, so I was going to bring they this up. They have like up. 20 taps. <laughs> so I was going to bring this up because I wanted to ask you guys yeah. this. We, and we the only drinkable this. beers there are Shiner and Sam Adams. And Sam, Sam Adams. Adams. Right. Like 20 taps. So yeah. now, now you guys, though, you approach this from a business standpoint, right? Sure. You're there to help that. If, we if, want them to be successful. Right. You want the bar. And profitable. And yes. To be successful and profitable. So would you say that. Buffalo Wild Wings because I won't go there now because uh, they've got you know 32 taps and and only two things that I like. I grab stuff uh, to go. Yeah, but yeah. but but the the point of the whole thing is do you are they on target? Or do they know who their customer is and it's just someone are that's they just being not, lazy, not quite like me, or I, are they just being lazy? In I think it opinion? can be both. Running, they're yeah, not a, they're it not can a be client. both. They're not a client. They are, are they? not a client. No. Okay, so, running, uh, running thirty taps is is a job. I'm trying that. to help you here. Yeah, and try and trying to keep thirty taps interesting is a job. I get that. It's a full time And so sometimes hard job. you hire someone who comes in and and does a great job, and they leave six months later, and then you have a buyer who doesn't have the same experience, doesn't know how to keep up with it, and they'll right. tend to fall back. Just on the, the, on the distributor, distributor truck. Yes. and then the distributor is the like, here, yeah. buy this, buy this, right. and, and you kind of right. get a generic menu. If the distributor yep. from Anheuser Busch comes in and says, yep. "Oh, we've got an IPA, we've got a," and suddenly you we'll have give you all tab handles, right, and right. Su- t-shirts, right, and suddenly you have all Carbach and Bud Light, yep. and, and that's yes. not a knock on Carbach, but it's not. It's not the kind of beer diversity that we're used to seeing, maybe in the in that particular place. Well, I think that in the last few years, like we were talking about earlier, the consumer has gotten much more sophisticated. One hundred percent. So they're not just going to be happy with you know a couple of, of of choices. They've they've tasted new things. They've tried these new beers, and they want to yeah, expand I've, on their on their palate. I've been known to sit down mm-hmm. uh, at a bar or sit down at a table in a restaurant. And say, what kind of IPAs do you have that are not named Hopadillo? <laughs> That's my husband. Everywhere we go. And and by the way, 
Hoppadillo's great. It's great. It's great. But it's just like I'm looking to try like other things and try yep. some other things. And I know that I'm you so know, burned out on Hoppadillo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually. I had one recently. It's pretty damn good, but I hadn't had one in a long time. <laughs> so you had to come on. back to right. it. I had to come back yep. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's that way with uh, there. There's several beers. I got that way with Alyssa from St. Arnold. Mm-hmm. It's like I had it, you know, so yep. consistently for so long. I got kind of burned out on it. Had one not too long ago, and you know what? It was delicious. <laughs> you know, uh, so it just goes to show you. Sometimes you have to give your palate a, a little bit of a break. But but I just I just think you're right. There's there can be a laziness. They can lose their their, uh, their buyer. Their buyer, yeah. right? So this is something that you guys offer is mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be a consultant to help them if they've got, uh, you know, maybe uh, a vacancy there and need mm-hmm. somebody to kind of step in and 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 keep them on the right path. So, uh, so I love this is such interesting work that you do because you're on the brand side, you're on the retail side, mm-hmm. you're on the uh, you're never going to go back to work for just one company, are you? I don't think I, I mean this is it now. Yeah, like yeah. I jumped off so, a cliff. Let's just <laughs> say you guys we're, take we're there. take whatever you do and make it better. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you do. That's well, what we, we create do. experiences. That's the whole point of going out, and that's mm-hmm. we were talking about bars. Is is if you're going to go out, you are looking for an experience because right. we be don't do magic. as much as we used to. So you want to go in and try yeah, something new and exciting. You want to go out for a night. You want to be different. Yeah, my wife, really my wife does point. the same yeah. thing. Like we'll go out, and it's not like okay, I want to go to the same place. She goes, I want a really good drink, or she goes, I want yep, a right. really good something. Right. Yeah, or that's, a really, that's me. A really well poured Guinness. Yeah, so there's a place where we have to now find this experience. Right, that makes a difference. And it's mm-hmm. not just the bar that's closest to you necessarily anymore. You, you know, know where I'm fine with that. I just need a place that has an outdoor patio and smokes cigars. <laughs> and that's a thing. And too. has a better beer selection. That's than a thing Buffalo too. Wild Wings. Wings. Let me just mention I went to a rum bar oh. down, downtown uh, a couple of weeks dry. ago, went to their outdoor area, uh, lit up a cigar. There were my wife and a friend of hers and me and three other people in this two story. Rum bar downtown. They had a fabulous rum menu, by the way. They came out and made me put put my cigar out. Oh, really? And oh. pointed to a no smoking sign that that I was legitimately there. I hadn't seen it out on the outdoor patio. Say they then, put it out. Did they take it away from you and like put it in a glass it, it, of water? Thankfully, like... <laughs> no. But and and listen, I just dropped a whole bunch of money. We were downstairs right? uh, at first drinking, uh, you know, drinking some rum cocktails, and I'd ordered some uh, food off their food menu, which is very good. And we went upstairs to do this, and I'm like, dude, nobody's here. Like, mm-hmm. like right. seriously, we're out. We're outside. Nobody's here. And and here's what made me mad: they wouldn't take responsibility for saying. I'm sorry, that's our policy. Oh. If, if they had, you know, I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have understood. It's their policy. Even their outdoor patio is non-smoking. Instead, he kept trying to tell me that it wasn't actually outdoors. What? That it was part of the building and that they had no choice that the city ordinance wouldn't allow it. All right, look, if I can see the sky, I'm outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. There are only two places That's in Houston lame. that that doesn't apply. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so I won't be back there. And you know what? That's their loss because they weren't packed yep. and right. I spent money. Yep. You know and you I mean? live near there. I mean, and that I was a close, close place for to, you. And, and I was liking their menu and their rum yep. selections. And I was like, you know, this could become a regular haunt. Guess what? It's not. But I think part of that, too, kind of just to devil's advocate this for a minute, is we call it like stories from the front line of hospitality right now mm-hmm. is that there's so much fatigue from 
the staff and management on mm-hmm. having to constantly tell people, like for mask mandates, like you have to wear your mask if you're inside. I get that. I do. You have to wear I this do. if you go to the bathroom. You can't smoke over here. You can't do this. That, although to me having poor customer service is always inexcusable, I understand if they were just like, look, man, it's not really outside. Like, come on. Because they yeah, are just right. exhausted. But, but, but to a customer, there are better ways to have handled well, that. Well, there are better ways to have there. handled it. And, and by the way, if it's your policy, own just it. Own it. Yeah, yeah, just own it. Yeah, 100%. Just say, I'm sorry, that's the way we're set yep. up. And I would have said, you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't see the sign, and I uh, and I apologize. But you know what I did is I gathered my little group of people, yep. went and we else. went up the street to El Big Bad and went out on their patio. Where you smoke on there? I and, love their patio. And, I do too. And I smoked two cigars and continued <laughs> to buy like yep. tequila and margaritas for the rest of the night. I don't know why yep. El Big Bad's patio is such a fun place no, to have awesome. a cigar. It's, it's a just, great it's just, And there's always just enough breeze because you're in that mm-hmm. downtown area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're on that just corner. It's and if there's around. too much breeze on one side, you just go to the other side. You can be on yeah. either side of it. Yeah, yeah it's just, nice. Uh, you know, we had like a great bartender there who who came out and checked on. It was like it was like a great experience. And I thought I looked around and it was crowded at yeah. Elbig Bar, not like overcrowded, but it was crowded. And the rum bar had been empty. And I just thought, you know, we got a couple fun comments on here. Mary says. <laughs> I hate Buffalo Wild Wings. My feet stick to the floor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wah, wah. Where's that noise again? There's something about that that's even better than I the I think there's a one. That's like the whammy noise. Yeah. Brian, Wiki Brian mentions, he goes, how have you not mentioned the fact that ABBA is reuniting for a virtual concert you and know, a new album? My wife sent me that... Uh, <laughs> But no, wait, wait, wait. It's going to be holograms. No. Yes. Stop. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Wow. I haven't even read the article, but my wife actually forwarded me that article this morning. And I saw in the headline that it's apparently going to be holograms what? that perform. Holograms of ABBA. Are they even still alive? I don't. Is Bjorn Uvelson I don't know if they're, they're well, still dancing the... queens. I don't know. I don't know. I, think didn't the... I don't know. I... I don't know. I'm weird on holograms, y'all. I just... (laughs) They creep you out? It freaks me out. I don't know. How are they so realistic and they're moving? What if they come out before they do the hologram thing and they say... No. If you strike me down now, I will be more powerful than you. Oh, well, see, well, see I, I was just going to say, I have no problem with holograms as long as they say, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. <laughs> That's my only okay holograms. I don't know. Yeah. As long as they do that, there's, I have no problem. There's your geeky moment for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Th- I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so let me just tell you about this old Forester single barrel. Uh, uh, ladies of libation. This is a really delicious. I mean, kind of kind of sitting here with it for a little while, going back like and more. forth with the uh, like with the bark. Yes. Uh, like <laughs> there's only one answer to that. My yeah. only right. problem with this more. old forester is yeah. the glass keeps is that emptying. I, that I ran out. Mm. I'm starting it's to get really drangry. Good. Drangry. Mm-hmm. Drangry. You know. When you, it's yes. a great sipper. <laughs> it, it really is, is. and it's. And, and, you know, for me, I mean, I'm just, oh my you know, I always crack up when I'm watching a movie or something and they 
poured the guy the whiskey and he like throws it back. I'm like, I no, never drink whiskey. It. I never drink I never whiskey like or tequila, by the way. Mm -hmm. I just never drink it like that. To me, it's all about the sipping and the enjoying. Mm -hmm. And this is a wonderful sipper because it, it just We're so it holds up so like well. It. it holds it's it holds delicious. up so well. So all right, tell me again. If someone is in the greater Houston area and they want to get a bottle of this, what's the best way to happen? October second. Okay. Premiere on 18th Street. Okay. Get there early. And we'll see you there because we're going to be there for release day. We have some mm -hmm. special treats in store mm -hmm. for the customers that are oh. lining up early. If I were you, I'd bring some of these. I, right? I'm just going to be amazing. sitting there <laughs> sipping and eating in the back. Can't bring them, <laughs> eat them all. Uh, right? Yeah. That'll be a day for day drinking for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's going to be a good time. So we have some surprises in store for anyone that gets there early and lines up with us at the crack of dawn. Fun times. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back for our uh, final goodbye segment at Smoking and Toasting Show number 249. Ian, that means 250 is next week, and I think it's <laughs> I think it's going to be just you and me. So this is going to be our How to Make the Perfect Whiskey Smash episode. So are you ready? Will uh, you? Will you? If I lay down the practice. gauntlet, will you accept the challenge? I will accept the challenge. All right, fair enough. Can I bring my own whiskey? Sure. I was hoping you'd bring whiskey for me, too, actually. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I borrow this bottle? Right? <laughs> Smoke it and toast it. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Uh, this is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and uh, hand-rolled cigars. I would just say, uh, my, we got a refill right at the end of the last uh, segment, thanks to Ian um, so masterfully mentioning that his glass was empty. Uh, and, and this refill, without the drops of water in it, like kind of came back and reminded me of how powerful uh, how powerful this yeah, spirit is it's big mm -hmm. it's big it's big but it's big in a very very good way uh, a couple of cigars to watch for I, I hate uh, not getting to this every week because uh, by next week there'll be more more new cigars to watch for a throwback from 1940s Cuba is returning as the Yagua is coming back to market. It was introduced by J.C. Newman Cigars last year. Yagua is made by using palm leaves. Yagua actually means palm leaves. I'm not sure in what language. Uh, <laughs> to create the shape of a cigar. So instead of huh. using a cigar mold, they use the, the, the leaves to create the shape of the cigar. And uh, like nearly all of the handmade uh, cigars on sale today are shaped by something. Right. In this case, it's shaped by these Yagua leaves. The cigars go into the palm wet from the rolling table, and that gives every single one of them a kind of a unique shape because the leaves are going to be a little mm -hmm, bit different. Mm -hmm. Yagua cigars resemble a range of geometric shapes, from multi-sided hexagonal cigars to more traditional-looking rectangular box press. Uh, the uh, Tampa-based company J.C. Newman is going to release a 1,000 boxes from their aging room uh, this week. Every box holds 20 cigars, each one measuring about 6 by 54. Uh, it would be wrong to say that precisely uh, because they are subject to human error That's and the right. shaping of the leaves. So, anyway, uh, kind of an interesting thing to look for, especially if you kind of you know want to try something different. And Padilla Cigars is evoking literary icon Ernest Hemingway with a limited cigar called 
for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they could be, uh, or they could be evoking Metallica. I don't know. Does but, it uh, go right, with the right. blackened liquor? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Uh, it's named, of course, after uh, one of Ernest Hemingway's famous works, and it's coming to market next month. It's made with a pigtail cap. For whom the bell tolls consists of a dark broadleaf Connecticut River Valley wrapper, a Nicaraguan Corojo '99 binder, and Nicaraguan filler from Jalapa, Condega, and Esteli. The cigars are made by. Oh, I don't know. Some guy named A.J. Fernandez. All right. So um, everything on paper makes that amazing. Yeah. Just, oh, I know. Just yeah. before I even try it. Right. And, he, and A.J. grew the Nicaraguan tobacco. Oh, so yeah. this one is sounding fantastic. The artwork on the band features the motto, For Whom the Bell Tolls, and two lion heads with a banner reading, It Tolls for Thee, uh, which are the final two lines of a poem uh, written by John Donnie, the Elizabethan poet, uh, from which Hemingway then took the title of his book. Uh, mm. Though the band reads, this is interesting, the band actually reads For Whom the Bells Toll. Padilla says it was a printing error, oh. but they decided to leave it. So, isn't that interesting? So I think that almost makes it That's cooler. Kind of fun. Cooler mm -hmm. in a way, yeah. Uh, it's offered in only one size, uh, a box press Corona Gorda measuring uh, 5 and 5 eighths inches by a 46 ring gauge, although Ernesto Padilla says he does plan to release additional sizes early next year. That one is on my watch list. I am, I've am i got to try that. that when you do, pick so me up one. Uh, you got it, man. You got it. I'll, I'll get it for you. So, And if I, I'll do the same if I see it first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. All right, so ladies of libation. Uh, with uh, with this old forester, is this your first time to actually do a barrel pick of a spirit? It is. Uh, we'd ha we'd had we some have, opportunities yeah. before that fell through. So, so we we've talked about how you're going to sell this out the first day. I mean, it's it'll be gone. Right, it'll be gone. So it does make sense you do this again, right? I, I hope call so. us. No, <laughs> yeah. but Brands. I can see you doing this like, and this wouldn't have to just be. A whiskey. You could do this no. for any kind mm -hmm. of a. Um, what does Old Forester get from this uh, from this transaction? Obviously, they get the promotion. You're here. Our love. You're talking about and it, support. and your, and your no. love, right? But but how does how does it help them? I mean, the the sales aren't that big of a deal because it's only one barrel, and it's going to be you know uh, not that every sale doesn't matter, but you know what I'm saying. It's not like uh, it's not like they've they've got this whole new line of something right. that, that that can continue to sell. So what's what's their biggest benefit out of doing something like this? Honestly, for us, them giving us the opportunity to do a barrel pick, it by no means means favoritism or right. anything like that, but it does kind of deepen the strength of the friendship that we have with their brand and sure. their portfolio in the sense that they care enough about us to give us this gift that they're on the forefront of our minds. Right. They're they're a brand that we work with because we've had such a great partnership with them for so for so long. They always bring us things that are interesting. They bring us things that are unique. And you help them get into uh, venues well, and 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 promote them. We're pretty known for our old fashions on our menus. That's, That's our kind of our thing. Okay, yeah. So and when this, you go to places that way, yeah have our great, old fashions, how great with an old fashioned right? with this, right? Yes. Well, they, they're rolling out a uh, signature old fashioned at Vic and Anthony's this month with Old Forester. Mm -hmm. It that, won't be. It won't be with our single barrel. One, but it's with their, but it with their standard, and it's, and and it's, it's our, our recipe. Yeah. So I'm hearing Vic and Anthony's popping up here in conversation a yeah. little bit. This is uh, dipping uh, our toes in the water yeah. of that Landry's wagon. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I absolutely like it. That's a wagon that has many. Uh, Mini cousin wagons, right? Yeah, you know, it's the best way to best way to say that. So um, you mentioned that you know doing this sort of product thing is what you seem to really enjoy mm -hmm. doing the most. So I'm going to guess 
that we're going to see more of this stuff coming from you guys. We really hope so. I mean, 2020 was kind of a kick to our industry and, and sure. to us for a business. Everything we did was illegal for, you know, nine months. <laughs> and then we had all our work in 40 days. Right. Um, but for us, doing partnerships like this and getting to taste really cool spirits with our friends, that's what we started this business to be able to do mm -hmm. was to kind of have fun with things and, and represent ourselves in a new way in this market where, you know, a lot of the businesses can't afford either one of us individually to run their beverage programs, but we'll cut you a deal to bring us in and let you do your menu, sure, sure. right? Because we're and, only here for a minute and, and like we give you, you something. And like you pointed out, if you're involved, that's then you're someone they can fall back to if they have a beverage director yep. or a, a head chef well, or when someone we go who in steps and away. Right, mm -hmm. a program, the, the bar owns their program, which is something right. that it's people overlook. And if you, you know, you can open the most beautiful bar in the world and you can hire the best bartenders in the world and they can write beautiful drink menus. But if they leave three months later, and you're scrambling, mm -hmm. then you don't own your own program. What about mm -hmm. uh, something that happens like, uh, and I don't want to name the place, but there's a place that has a particular sandwich that I just went crazy over. Mm. Clearly, <laughs> clearly they have, and it's a like a, a deluxe sandwich. It's, right? it's, it's a little expensive, but it's really, really good. And uh, clearly they've changed chefs a couple mm. of times, and the sandwich now is well, okay. Yeah. But it's That's, not as good as it used to be. Is that something you guys could help keep from happening if you were involved? For beverage programs, 100%. Uh, right. Our yeah. most successful clients kept their program intact. They mm -hmm. don't try and rewrite the wheel. And it also gives them the opportunity that they can just hire managers. Your manager doesn't have to be creative. Your manager doesn't have to be coming up have to be a good with they have a, yeah. seasonal they have a playbook everything. To go by. Right, they right. have kind of a set of rules and regulations and a roadmap to keep them on track, on budget, you know, and profitable. Mm -hmm. so, because a lot of the rookie moves, and I'll admit it, I've done it, <laughs> mm -hmm. is that when you get that first bar manager role, you just want to make all the cool stuff in the world. Right. But at the end of the day, all the cool stuff in the world, a lot of the time, is really expensive. Yeah. It can be beautiful. It can be delicious. It doesn't always and, sell but either. It, and or if, even if it up, sells, you're losing money. Yeah. And people <laughs> yeah. are walking up going, can I have a gin and tonic? Right. Yes. Exactly. That. Right? Yeah. I want a Tito's and soda. So right. Exactly. For us, giving people a playbook of things that are delicious, we also stay kind of on call for a lot of our clients. We have client on, clients on retainer programs. So mm -hmm. we're here for troubleshooting. If your bar manager hits a roadblock or this product isn't available and it's in our frozen machine and we can't find it, we do some of that legwork for them. We contact the brands, we contact that supply chain issue and figure it out so that we can help them stay successful. Good. And that's yeah. that's something that not every entry-level bar manager has the connections to be able right. to do. Mm -hmm. They just can't. They'll be like, I don't know, it's just out of stock. Final two questions. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, you mentioned that you guys have a website. If somebody's interested in finding more about yes. you, where do they go? Ladiesoflibation.com. That's not too hard to remember. That's Ladies, like yeah. Libation.com. Ladiesoflibation.com. And Instagram okay. and Facebook. Okay, we great. Do so we can find you web. on both of those. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> now, uh, last question, and this is less about you guys, but more about um, I found myself during, you know, the, the lockdown phase of COVID really, like, bummed about the plight of bars and, and restaurants, especially ones that were my favorites. And that's why I, I, I got like, you know, so frustrated with that 
rum bar that I mentioned is mm-hmm. because you know what? If I support you, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and really, really support <laughs> you. Spend some money. I'm gonna yeah. make it rain. <laughs> what What would you say to people who who want to? Because we're not over this COVID thing yet. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people who want to help their favorite places stay in business? What's What's the best What's the best thing that you can do? Obviously, patronize them. I get that. But mm-hmm. but are there things that you can do? Are there ways that that people can can um, can do something that that goes a little further? I know it's a weird question, but it's like like that's what I found myself like. Uh, for example, when, when lockdown first happened, one of the first things I did is I went on Stone Brewing's website and ordered mm-hmm. a T-shirt. Yes, you know, yes. like yeah. uh, because I was like, okay, let's let's buy some of their merch. And and it's by the way, it's one of my favorite T-shirts. And, but it's that kind of thing, like keeping things going. What else can people do? A lot of it is marketing. So we mm-hmm. we say everything we do is for the gram. So we make all of our drinks beautiful and photographable mm-hmm. because we want people to come in and take a picture and post it on social media. Oh. Because talking about your favorite bar and getting new people to to try mm-hmm. your favorite bar is the best way to keep them in business. And that too, that sense, if you're yeah. if you're talking about it and you post a picture of your favorite thing at wherever you go, mm-hmm. right? And you're telling people and you never know who's looking or following you. It might be the place that like Becky and Chad go on their next date night mm-hmm. because they saw your great cocktail mm-hmm. or your steak or you know your favorite sandwich. Yeah. So that type of cross promotion is huge because if you bring 10 people to that table that have never dined there before, that new patronage is what people are looking for right now. And also, if you're going out right now, be patient and mm-hmm. kind. Yeah, kind to the servers. Because yeah. the servers, the managers, the chefs, the line cooks, the and ones the that are there are uh, doing the job of three people because well, they're all yeah, short staffed. Yeah, I was just about that. to say, be patient. Be patient because and they're, be kind. They're short staffed, yeah. and, and they're yeah. the, they're the ones who are there. So right. you know, being they, angry they with them right. is not really fair because yeah. they're already doing the job of three people. Yeah. 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 So I found just going out and this is my experience just going out and and serving time takes a little longer and getting your food takes a little Mm -hmm. longer i'm okay with all of that but don't leave me sit there for 20 minutes waiting for a tab that i asked you for never never here's the here's the rules there's certain things you can't recover from there are rules slow greet can't recover from not refilling people's drinks you can't recover from Mm -hmm. and making people wait for their check yeah. Those are all the one-star Yelp review moments because you can't come back from it. If if that's right. the start if, is if negative, happens, it didn't matter how good the food was. And it doesn't matter. That's what you remember. And that's I, what sticks out. I have to tell you, I don't mind the slow anything else, but yep. that one makes me mm-hmm. crazy. Don't yep. make people wait to I pay agree. you. Nobody wants to pay you. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> the party's it's over. It's the least enjoyable part of the experience. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the whole thing with drinks to me, because I'm one of those people that I have to have liquid with my food. Right. I, I just, it, yeah. if I run out of, you know, iced tea or, or water soda, whatever it is, and and the waiter has not come around, I will literally stop eating yeah. and wait. Oh, I'll yeah. go find it a really, water pitcher. I'll yeah. find where you hide it. Yeah. I'm one of those. I, if yeah, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. Way. Oops, the glass hit the floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, now you notice me. But, yeah. but, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. The people who are working are hustling and they're doing the yes. job of yes. multiple yes. people in most cases. And, and it is it is worth it, too. And, and I'm going to just say this one more thing, too. This is a good time to overtip. Oh, it, it is. really is. 100%. True story. It really is because these people who did show up and are doing the work of, of a couple of people or three people or four people, uh, you know, it, especially if the service you get is 
anything north of okay, yep. make sure they know you appreciate it. Well, and hospitality is hard. It's a, it's a passion. You have to want to be in the service industry. There's a lot of transient service mm -hmm. industry people, but a lot of those people left and they went on to do mm -hmm. something else or they went back to school. But the people who live hospitality, they don't want to tell you no. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to have a bad experience. They want you to be happy because that's why we do what we do. Okay, mm -hmm. so last question for you guys. I know I said last question already, but <laughs> I do have one more. Because I really want your opinion on this because you guys are so embedded in this whole industry. During the uh, lockdowns of COVID, more and more of us did that thing where we would order mm -hmm. something from a restaurant and we would swing by and pick it up you know, in, in a bag to go, right? Yep. Um, and that was when I started to really wonder what the proper etiquette is for tipping in that situation. Because should I be tipping just as much as if I were in the restaurant sitting down and I had a waiter or a waitress taking care of me the whole time, refilling my drinks, doing all of that? It doesn't feel like that should be the same tip. But am I just being cheap if I think that? I mean, lovingly, I still tip on to go. <laughs> yeah, no, and I do too. But but I, but I always wonder, like, what's what's appropriate? But there's right? an expectation to me too, because to go food is also hard. There's some right. food that does not translate to to go. There's well, some everything just that steams in its own yeah. package. Mm -hmm. That the crispy stuff mm -hmm. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But I always I always try Except for chicken for some reason. Chicken mm -hmm. stays. Yeah, yeah. for Weird. some reason to me pandemic wise because i knew the suffering that was going on right. i still tipped high and hefty on to go all right so what about because that was service? my way to support what about counter service you oh. go you go to the register you order they hand it to you right there is is a 20 percent tip like maybe overdoing it there i'm not gonna lie on counter service and people will probably come after me with pitchforks for this I do 15% on counter service. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, I'm lower on counter service, too. If I got up and got my own stuff, and then I right. get up and get my yeah. own drink. You, you get your own the, drink, your own ice, yeah. I get all of that. And you haven't actually, you literally don't come to my table at all for anything. Like, right. I'm not, do you like, still what is a 20% tip for that? I don't do 20% on counter service. But because I also assume, and this is also a thing that's been a big topic in food and beverage, I assume that that restaurant is not counting on heavier tipped percentages for their staff to sustain them and that they're taking better care of their workers. Well, I because they, should, so. they shouldn't be having they waiters. Should be. They shouldn't be being that. paid $2.13 that. an hour. They shouldn't be right. making two fifteen an hour. Absolutely. So. And, and see, that's the part of it that makes me mad. It's yeah. not that I'm mad about tipping the people who are bringing me my right? food to the counter. It, I'm mad that, I'm mad if the establishment is, is counting paying. on me yes. to supplement their low pay when I'm not necessarily getting we're well, not getting any service, service for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but that, you know, that's that's a pet peeve and again, I, I'm a good tipper. I, mean, I really am. I, let's I imagine you go to a barbecue joint, right? Does the person who tosses your uh, beans on your plate mm -hmm. get his own tip? The right. guy who cuts the right. cuts the meat gets his own tip. Split it all up. The guy, you know, I mean, like, where do you, where do you draw the line on that? Yeah. They're not waiting on you. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and while we're on the subject of tipping, I'll give you this little tip about tipping. If you are a good tipper and you're not afraid to tip well, when you get to the bar, I use this in Vegas. I use it anywhere else I go if I'm going to be there for a while. Yep. I tip huge on the first drink. 
huge. Like, yeah. So they'll like, remember your like a, As a bartender, that's my love language. Right. right? right, right. <laughs> at, at, like, like, I may order a beer and a cocktail for my wife and tip 20 bucks yep. yes. on the first drink. But you know what? Next what time, that says to the bartender is, I got gotcha. you. I am yep, not going to stiff you, and I am going to take care of you. And I don't tip 20 bucks every time. Right, right. But I make sure that it, that they're yep. taken care of. But then you're going to tip appropriate after right. that. Yeah. Right. But, yes. but, but, and let me but tell you. But you stand out and they remember. Let me it's tell an you, attention the, the service yep. is worth the tip. Yeah, totally, totally. All the way I, up. I like to do that when I go to... Um, uh, Louisiana to the uh, casino to the Golden Nugget to do what I call taking Tillman's money, which is when I, uh, <laughs> which is when I go and sit at the bar, and uh, and feed money into the little uh, video yep. blackjack machines, and uh, and you know do you slay on those? Uh, I, I do. Uh, the, it depends on the machine. If you can find the ones that the lucky have machine, a, it's not so much about luck. It's the ones that have. A higher limit that they'll oh, allow yeah. you to go. Yes. Because my blackjack strategy is basically if I lose a hand, I double my bet. Yep. And and that takes some balls to keep doing. But some of the video machines won't let you keep mm -hmm. going higher because they, they so you don't have a ch if you lose a number of hands in a row, you don't have a chance to make it back. Right. Yep. Uh, but uh, but then then once I make it back, I go back to the lower bet and anything that I win. So and that way I can sit there and play for hours yeah. and enjoy free drinks and just tip well. God, you gotta yeah. love casinos. Well, and yeah. I, my I husband's it. from Reno, so we yeah. lived in Reno, Nevada for a while okay. and bartending there was fun because uh, it's it's a custom to tip on your winnings when you're mm -hmm. sitting at right, the bar. Right, so course, not yes, only yes. do you get tipped for your, you know, your drink service, mm -hmm. but you get tipped on your wins at mm -hmm. the bar. In in the end, even though I call my little plan taking Tillman's money, <laughs> how's it going? It's uh, recycling. Uh, uh, it, well, it works. It, a bigger it actually works <laughs> right. pretty well when I'm at the casino. But then, you know, the instant I uh, I go to one of his establishments, he gets it all, all right. It becomes you know, so. taking Tillman's money becomes Tillman's taking yeah, money. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the only reason I even made it that personal is because I really. And by the way, the Golden Nugget is the. If you're in Lake Charles, oh, it is the casino. Their uh, accommodations are great. The casino is nice. But I was like, Beautiful I kept, pool. I kept sitting playing slot machines and looking at ads for Tillman's book, <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious right now? <laughs> Who's sitting here? Who's sitting here playing hot, hot penny? Going, I think I need to. Uh, Amazon uh, bestseller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> ladies of Libation, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank this you for was, having us. This was thank great fun. The uh, the the juice was just spectacular. Well, yes. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and we're we're going to recommend it highly. Worth standing in line for, bourbon Worth people. It. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Ian. Such a pleasure to have you back. It was. It it's was good to be back. As much as I love Adam, it was not the same without you on the show last week. So, uh, so that's the first show you've missed, isn't it? It's, you, you've checked in from Tampa with the enormous bug. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that was a funny one. Wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, but it's the first show I think you've actually missed. That uh, the, well, there was a couple in uh, 2019. That's right. I had Chris Hart and Chris Hart and a couple people. Yeah, yeah. But it's not the same when you're not here. So it's uh, good to have you back, my friend. Good to hear. Bro. Uh, this is cheers. wonderful, cheers. and I want to say uh, cheers to you guys and. Uh, Thanks again to Adam for helping out extra last week. And uh, to all of you who have joined us for almost 250 episodes. Can you believe it? Madness. Cheers, y'all.